0: ancient origins of their mystical knowledge and by and large nobody would argue with any of the specific examples I gave they just chastise me for being too cynical or too literal I come to think of it as the same thing people do when I point out plot holes in movies but that's just the thing not everybody needs the narrative to tie together I mean I get that when it comes to movies to some degree but it's hard for me to even contemplate a perspective where you know I'm okay with reality not adding up because like potholes in reality are lies. (laughs) They're they're proof that the thing you're being told isn't true. And yet for some people, that's not all that convincing. Many people don't bother to put together a cohesive narrative to undergird their worldview at all. And some people actively avoid doing that for fear that it would cause the whole thing to fall apart. Now, this disconnect is the source of a lot of confusion when we try to communicate with the other side. You see situations constantly where the skeptic's entire defense is just to state the other side's narrative, and then they feel like it should be done. They should be finished at that point, right? You say something like, okay, so you're saying that God sacrificed himself to himself to appease himself for offending himself? Or you say, like, so you're saying that water has a memory and knows what used to be in it to the dilution of one atom per Indian ocean? Or... So you're saying there's a group of people that are clever and sneaky enough to rule the world, but not clever and sneaky enough to leave the evidence out of their company logos? And for us, that seems like slam dunk shit, right? If the narrative doesn't make sense, the assertion doesn't make sense. But if you don't need a concrete narrative, none of that shit matters. Your narrative can always bend however it has to so that every question lands in the same conclusion eventually. For you and me, having such a flexible narrative is just bad epistemology, but for them it's a point of pride. It's an open mind, right? Setting aside all the justifications for racism and sexism and shit, that's usually what people mean when they deploy the just asking questions defense. I'm not defending any one narrative. I don't even have one. right? In fact, for a lot of these people, they go out of their way to avoid one. Yes, certain moral precepts and bumper sticker slogans are sacrosanct, but how you get there can change from day to day, hour to hour, from point to counterpoint. Of course, the need for a harmonious narrative isn't the exclusive domain of atheism. There are plenty of religious people with the same needs, and they're always a little bit more pathetic in their arguments. right? They're the ones that construct whole schools and museums and amusement parks to try to insulate their brains from virtually all scientific knowledge. But far more common are the people who know better than to check their own math. They want questions, and they get pissed off at answers. They scour the world for some shred of evidence that disproves the scientific worldview, not so that they can substitute it with some other worldview, but so that they can justify their complete lack of one. And much like a person defending their movie against my pedantry, they get really pissed off when you point out the plot holes in their open mind.
1: They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast bring you a
0: special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the clotho and Lachesis to my atropos, Heath Edright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to thread our way through the headlines?
2: Okay, but I get the eye first this week. Heath totally wasted his turn comparing sconces on Amazon. So uh, I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, we've got a
0: fight to sort out and an intro to explain. So we're going to take a quick break for a word from this week's sponsor, IP Vanish.
2: And so I said, look, it's a security camera on my house. Where or how I Zoomed is my business. And and what did the judge say? Okay, so get this. He says, how did you get into my house? Police, police. Typical. Eli? So, Eli? Hey, Heath, what's up? Yeah, so what did you do? What's on my face? What is this? Oh, uh, that. I. Uh, that's your internet history. Okay. Why did you write my internet history on my face in permanent marker?
0: I mean, why did you Google illegal
2: secret karate movies? I, it's, I, I thought there might be some. It's, uh, that's irrelevant. So I, I just figured since you weren't using IP Vanish, you didn't care who saw what you did online, and I just made it a little bit more obvious. Oh, what's IP Vanish? IP Vanish is a virtual private network, a VPN for short. A VPN is a super important tool that helps you safely browse the internet. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted.
0: What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing. Like Googling, way to use height advantage on a child in Mario. In Mario, okay, it's the GTO, optimal strategy, game theory, optimal. That's what okay, I I'm, have so- I'm,
3: I'm a good reason.
2: For
0: listeners of our show,
2: IPVanish is offering an incredible 65% off for just $349 for the first month or thirty one forty nine dollars for the year.
0: Wow, that's
2: a great deal. Where do I sign up? Just go to IPVanish.com to claim your 65% savings. They have plans starting at $349 or thirty one forty nine dollars a year. This is the time to sign up with our discount and the current promotional offerings. You can get a VPN for 65% off their usual offering. IPVanish Vanish is the best of the best, even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot, and that's with more than 6,000 reviews. Show these guys some love. They're repeat sponsors. Remember, it's IPVanish.com slash scathing to get the deal and start protecting yourself online. All right. Thanks, Eli. What do you... <coughs> stop. Get off me. What are you doing? What? You're not going to Google how to get Sharpie off face?
0: No. No. Yeah, okay, I am. Just write small. No. And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, never thought I'd say I miss Jerry Falwell Jr., but at least back in his day, the disturbing stories out of Liberty University were funny. Right? Yep. I mean, sure, sometimes he'd warn his students to arm up in case they needed to murder Muslims, and sometimes he'd use the student body to slave labor to produce pro-Trump propaganda, but he'd do it while drunkenly stumbling down a flight of stairs with his dick out or something, right? So we could at least all have a good chuckle about it. But that's no longer the case, apparently, because the latest news out of Liberty U is a lawsuit by 12 women alleging that the campus's honor code created an environment that increased the likelihood of sexual assault and rape. I mean, literally everything about Liberty you increases the likelihood of sexual assault yeah. and rape. So,
4: yeah,
2: I, I guess the honor code is included in that. So, yeah. yeah. Also, just to be clear, the literal name of the honor code is the Liberty Way. Yep. <laughs> That's the name of an honor code.
0: Yeah. Now, as you'll likely recall, Lucinda talked about this briefly in last week's show, but the news broke a little bit too late for us to get into any details in the headline segment. But it's too big a story for us to just devote a minute of the show to it. So, uh, and, and also it's like a perfect example of one of the biggest dangers of our cultural tolerance for religious bigotry. The lawsuit comes from women who were students, employees, and campus visitors. And though their individual cases vary wildly in their details, they all have at their heart the fact that the university's policies either created the opportunity for their assault, denied them an opportunity at justice after the fact, punished them for their victimhood, or some combination of the three. In other words, it's not just that women were more likely to be assaulted on their campus. It was that the university's code of conduct guaranteed it. Yeah, when you take all of this together,
2: this university has what can only be described as a pro-rape code of conduct. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so any university is going to be problematic when 15 out of 19 senior leadership positions, including the president, are specifically cishet white men. That's already Mm -hmm. a problem. Then you add evangelical Christianity and the business model at that point is sex crime before it even
1: happens. Yep. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Right.
0: By the way, two women out of that whole 19. Jesus Ooh. Christ. So now look, th- this is primarily a comedy show, so I don't want to go into a lot of details here, but we'll link to the actual complaints if you want them. Suffice to say, We're not talking about, like, the university didn't put up enough lighting in high traffic areas, though they also didn't do that shit. We're talking about shit like policies that actively discourage victims from reporting their assault, rules that punish sexual assault victims, and retaliation against women who did report their abuse. Like, in one complaint, a guy roofied some girl and raped her, but she was told by the university that if she filed an official complaint, they'd have to expel her for drinking alcohol. The fuck? Yeah, Another victim faced expulsion because it was against the rules to be in a room with the opposite sex to begin with
4: cool, 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 cool.
2: I'm glad these places don't have to pay taxes or follow laws. Yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could just build a little wall around the campus and then it declares itself Rapevania. It's the yeah. nation state of Rapetvania. Their own goddamn police department. It's yeah, horrible.
0: It's yep. terrifying. And look, when you read over the specific complaints, it's clear that there was at least to some degree an intentional effort to make their campus more accommodating to rapists. But There's also a lot of ways where it wasn't intentional, and that's not less horrifying. Okay, all of Christianity is based on literal Bronze Age concepts of sexuality. So like even when you try to build new structures on top of that to bring those in line with modernity, you're still building on that foundation. The problem isn't how you define chastity liberty university, it's that you define chastity. This shit is inevitably going to rise from that. You're a goddamn college or at least that's I mean, you're you tell people you're a college when you're taking their fucking money. Yeah. Anyway, Eli, too funny, too funny. And in
2: Hail Mary Picks with Face News, just taking a second while the grinder users who listen to our podcast enjoy my excellent joke. Okay. I feel like they need another minute. We'll wait. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) this week, news outlets everywhere were buzzing with the always good news that yet another homophobic right wing Catholic priest, Monsignor Jeffrey Barrill, got caught being gay. And we here at The Scathing atheist are happy to celebrate that. Well, several sympathetic news stories were quick to point out that there's nothing wrong with being gay, and there's not. He wasn't committing any crimes, and he wasn't. And he wasn't even fucking any kids. Side note, you know you're the bad guy if that's your defense, Mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't change the fact that his job was to condemn being gay and pretend to be a celibate virgin in direct communication with the divine. He did that Right up until the second he got caught on the app grinder. Yeah. Also, keep in mind, this is a guy whose most recent public statements were threatening to take away Joe Biden's magical cracker if he didn't stop killing babies. Right. Exactly. Probably exact words. (laughs) Yeah. So celebrating consequences for empowered bigoted hypocrites aside, there is one element to this story that's downright fucking weird and therefore worth mentioning. Namely, the way in which Beryl was caught,
0: which appears to be commercially harvested cell phone data. Huh. So they've got like a fucking... Hollywood hacker room full of people tracking the possible gayness of priests with fucking satellite technology. But when it comes to raping McRapers and being in charge of the youth group again, how the fuck should they know? It's impossible for them to know in advance. (laughs) Am I right?
2: Can Cambridge Analytica not do something for good once in a while? (laughs) Catch the fucking terrible raping? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Now, I should point out, we have very little information about how the data in question was acquired, who acquired it, and how Burrill was parsed from that data as being in the places that he was. But the Catholic news outlet that broke the story, The Pillar, described it as, quote, an analysis of app data signals... Correlated to Burrell's mobile device shows the priest also visited gay bars and private residences while using a location-based hookup app in numerous cities from 2018 to 2020, even while traveling on assignment for the U.S. Bishops Conference, end quote. Okay, aren't most of you church people conservative libertarians? Aren't, sorry, what? Nothing. Oh, they said nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. Mm -hmm. They're they're not talking about that anymore. And again, I I don't want to get like too conspiracy minded here. That is vague as shit, right? That could mean everything from a dude sold us screenshots of Beryl's account and we want to make it sound fancy to Facebook has a new track, your local pastor feature. I do not know. And that information is not forthcoming. But not knowing is worrying because while they don't Particularly mind using data to out hypocritical bigots living double lives, the bad uses of that information on the LGBTQ app grinder mm-hmm. are pretty fucking terrifying. Okay, what he needs is the MAGA phone. Do you guys hear about the MAGA phone? <laughs> <laughs> Untrackable. But seriously, this is one of those times that <sighs> I agree with libertarians, and I don't like it. I don't like this feeling. Your <laughs> location data, especially as it relates to your sexual preference. Should be super private if you want it to be. Uh, like, maybe if he's organizing a terrorism cell on Grinder, which I'm guessing is kind of rare, and, and there's a rigorous FISA warrant involved, maybe then, but I'm still not a big fan,
0: even then. Yeah, like, I mean, at this point, I, I'm all for... Tagging priests with the collar they use for like endangered wolves and shit. But yeah, I, I mostly agree with, yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and all of this is made even more disturbing by the fact that the Catholic news agency has reported that in 2018, they were approached by an anonymous outside party that offered to track clergy to see who was on hookup apps based on their IP addresses. Now, the Catholic news agency said no to that, but Pretty obvious from this story from the pillar that someone said yes, or also had that idea. Point is, you do not need to feel bad for this bigot getting caught being a hypocrite, but, like, I barely want this technology in good hands, people, which means it's already in bad ones, and that I am definitely worried about. Yeah. All right. Next up in headlines, we have a rare piece of good news. Oh, we, we can need. really
0: use it right now. Bring yeah. it back, yeah. Pete. Bring we it go. back.
2: The Christian right is in a state of abject terror. Thanks to critical race theory. Yes, terror, they are. Fantastic. But don't get too excited. It's also terrifying if you think about the big picture mm-hmm. here. So don't just don't do that for a second. We're gonna <laughs> focus on the small picture because we want to, and this is the Internet, and that's how it works there now. we do a small picture. Uh, wrong show, Heath, but I appreciate the effort. <laughs> the idea of people being called out on their long history of privilege represents the Christian right's deepest fear, and they're in this delightful panic. They're just lowering themselves into the bat cave full of critical fear. <laughs> <laughs> they're not doing well facing that fear. And one of the latest examples was a claim from Alex McFarland, the president of the Southern Evangelical Seminary. He's pretty sure that the SJWs are making university music departments ban sheet music (laughs) and also ban the tuning of musical instruments. Really? Because Hmm. that stuff is racist.
0: Okay. All right. So I know this is going to turn out to be silly and all because I've read ahead, but given what I know about history, Like, if you told me the entire purpose of creating a sheet music was to keep black people from voting, my first reaction definitely wouldn't be doubt. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, That that tracks. (laughs) That tracks perfectly with U.S. history. It's not what's happening here. But, yes, I agree with you. So here's the exact words from McFarland during an appearance on some stupid fucking show. He said, (laughs) quote, I had breakfast about three months ago with the head of a music department at a major East Coast university. Already lying. Yep. He's making his all the up. He's already lying. <laughs> and I want to protect this individual, but if I told you the name of it, everybody listening would know the name. This is a major state-supported school. And, okay, more lying. It's, it's lying, plus this audience could not name a bunch of East Coast <laughs> <universities>. <laughs> No
0: way. If this audience could find the East Coast on a map of the U.S., I'd be impressed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: continuing. The head of the music department is a born-again Christian. When they had faculty orientation, the music department was told, you can't use the word sheet music. It's two words. Yep. It's fine. <laughs> you know the score with music? Yep, yep, yeah, got sheet. it. I know <laughs> what sheet music is. Continuing one more time. Don't say sheet music because you know who wears sheets? The KKK, <laughs> end quote. And you know who liked music? Adolf Hitler. Adolf.
1: <laughs> Bethesda Hitler, yeah.
2: And... Here's the part about the other CRT, critical race tuning. I cannot fucking believe that this This is is real. is fucking bananas. McFarland continued. They were also told at that meeting, don't tell your violinists they have to tune their instruments. And we have a tuning fork, A440, 440 cycles per second. That's European. That's male patriarchy.
0: And... (laughs) Real quote. I was wondering which kind of patriarchy it was. I'm glad he cleared <laughs> that up. So, I honestly don't know if thinking European and patriarchy are synonyms demonstrates ignorance or knowledge, right? <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: obviously, this was a big combination of stupid liar and/or stupid liar. Yes, it was. <laughs> clearly heard a story about Oxford University expanding its music curriculum to include more composers who aren't. White men from Europe, very specifically. And that's the whole story. That's That's the entire story about Oxford. But thanks to a bunch of conservative idiots on the Internet, that story got warped into some nonsense about critical race theory. Gone too far. My very good friend using that anonymous speaker voice thing from the kidnapping movie told me they canceled the C-note. C-note got fired. They can't use it no more. Yep. That's what happened. And... McFarlane made up a giant lie to go along with that warped story he heard about. (laughs) Because, of course, this is the Christian right, and that's how it works now. And then, just always, always, they lie. They're liars who lie from the beginning. That one's for this show, for sure.
1: That's our slogan.
2: New catchphrase. And, Dan, it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. Well done. That's Thank you. Stuff. Thank you. Last week, the Court of Justice of the European Union issued a ruling that upheld a ban on religious headwear from two employers, stating that, quote, a prohibition on wearing any visible form of expression of political, philosophical, or religious beliefs in the workplace may be justified by the employer's need to present a neutral image towards customers or to prevent social disputes, end quote. And uh, much as I hate to say it, Kind of feels like CJEU missed the ball on this one, right? Yeah. <sighs> Seriously, fuck you, EU Court of Justice. You're making me have sympathy for people who wear magic hats, and I don't like it. <laughs> I, I agreed with libertarians <laughs> earlier. You didn't know about that. That was a different story. But now I agree with that. I don't like any of this. If you're in a dispute, by the way, and Keith Enright sides with magical hats instead of you... It's a bad sign for you. You did yeah. something wrong.
0: Yeah, it's a bad sign. Yeah. I, the, the, um, some of their customers might be bigots, though, excuse isn't exactly helping either, to well, be honest. I, <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: it's kind of like wearing a Trump 2020 t shirt. They shouldn't yeah. have to wear Now, I want to say at the outset that the idea of religious headdresses is a complicated issue. Right? Like, yes, people should be able to wear whatever magic hats they want, but it's also important we acknowledge that if you're going to be shunned by your family and maybe physically attacked if you take off your magic hat, you're not choosing to wear it. Right, yeah. So that aside, banning magic hats doesn't feel like a move in the right direction. Not wearing a magic hat isn't, by definition, neutral. And it's not exactly a minor detail that
0: the religious bans like these affect majority non-white religions, right? Right. So so look, in principle, I'm all for giving religious people no special privileges, even when it comes to the rule against wearing hats or whatever. Yeah, me too. But that was never on the table. Right. Right. It's hard to get behind just giving those privileges to one religion.
3: Yeah, that's definitely not the answer. Mm -hmm.
2: So yeah. I point this out not just because it, it is actually worth noting whenever religious freedoms are in danger, but also because I've seen this painted, especially in a lot of, like, mainstream media outlets, as, like, the atheist agenda, and no, no, it's not. Yeah. I don't want anyone to wear a magic hat, but I want them to take it off voluntarily because magic hats are stupid and they know that, not because they have to choose between wearing it and losing their jobs. Yeah, yeah.
5: So,
0: and speaking of religions and telling people what they can and can't wear, we're going to pause for a minute and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. A man wrote the Bible?
6: A, a whore is what you want? If it's a legitimate
7: race, It's just a slut, right? Any cooking can be fun. Hey! I'm proud of a man. This Week in Mississauga.
8: Don't get me wrong. I'm sure every abortion provider in the country would happily do away with the anti-choice protesters and agitators in a heartbeat if they could. But you got to admit, It would be terrible for business. After all, the people who are most in favor of ensuring safe and affordable access to abortion also tend to be the ones pushing for the policies that make it unnecessary. Of course, the point for anti-abortion activists is first and foremost to force births. And you can't exactly force a woman to give birth if they don't get pregnant in the first place. So they tend to oppose both abortion and all the things that have been shown to reduce their frequency. We got another great example of this from the Iowa Department of Public Health a couple of weeks ago. See, back in 2017, then-governor of Iowa Terry Branstad needed to prove how much he hated abortion. So he signed a bill that targeted the funding of Planned Parenthood. It rejected $3 million in federal money for the Iowa Family Planning Network and replaced it with a state-run program that forbade the use of their funds at providers that offer abortion. Because, you know, there are so many family planning facilities that don't offer abortion. Well, to the surprise of literally nobody who thought it through it all, this led to a shocking increase in the total number of abortions. They did manage to close down a couple of Planned Parenthood facilities, and I'm sure they cracked a bottle of champagne for each one. But by depriving people of all the educational tools and contraceptive access that comes with a nearby Planned Parenthood facility, they also caused a spike in unwanted pregnancies. So between 2018 and 2019, the number of abortions performed in Iowa shot up by 25% and shot up another 14% last year. Now, there are obviously far more serious problems with intentionally targeting family planning facilities than a rise in abortions. Less access to contraceptives generally also include a spike in sexually transmitted diseases and make it harder for poor women to access basic medical care. But if these idiots are unmoved by the fact that they're actually creating the non-problematic problem they're trying to solve, I doubt they're going to be moved by something as inconsequential as women's health. And as if that news wasn't enough to spur me into action this week, my arch nemesis, Lori Alexander, is at it again. And by it, I mean communicating with words, because pretty much any time she does that, I'm going to take issue with it. This time, she seemed to be all but directly refuting my reminder last week that shitty marriages are worse than divorces. And look, anytime you're trying to make the argument that people should stay in miserable marriages because divorce makes the baby Jesus sad, it's a losing argument. But Lori manages to make that bad argument badly by opening up on how her parents constantly fought and were unhappy most of the time. And if there's anybody out there that needs to avoid the and look how I turned out, argument, it's Lori Alexander. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have got a bit of packing to do, so I'm going to hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli.
2: Thank you, Lucinda. Next up in headlines, a Republican candidate for governor of Wisconsin was caught by a sting operation last week, suggesting that if anyone asks you for proof that you're vaccinated before entering a building, that is a violation of your Christian freedom of virus movement that's in the Bible somewhere, and you are allowed to shoot that person with a gun. Did he now? The Republican in question is Jonathan Wickman. And the sting operation was his microphone at a faith and freedom <laughs> rally. Where he gave a speech about how we need good Christian patriots to take over the government.
0: I and mean, we have bad Christian patriots now, so I guess I can't argue that that would be a... <laughs> I don't know, no. It kind of feels like good Christian patriotism is a moron. You, you mean oxymoron? I said what I said. Okay. All right.
2: I think it's yes.
1: Yeah. So
2: Wickman was not charged with inciting domestic terrorism because, of course, that's covered by RIFRA for Christian white people anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You might be surprised to learn he's a Christian white guy. Weird. Wickman, who I was talking about. Yeah. And here's what he had to say. Quote, I'm not a politician. (laughs) Great, great start to your speech for (laughs) governorship. I'm a patriot. I want to make that very clear. I got in the fight last year because I saw something really evil coming across this land, especially in Wisconsin, the lockdowns. I've been following politics for 13 years. (laughs) 13 years. So for part of his adulthood, which is now uh, attempting to become a politician, Mm -hmm. he was not following politics at all. Yeah, I wasn't big into it. (laughs) Continuing one more time. Thank God for President Trump, who is still the president, by the way. We all know that. There are no truth-tellers anymore in this country at the political level. It's what liars would say.
0: We need good Christian
2: patriots to take over.
0: you guys think the 13 years were consecutive? Or um, <laughs> or maybe he just pays attention on the odd years, right? He catches yeah, up, it up, like the off-season yeah. or something.
2: I'm just, I'm always so amazed at how stupid people will brag to you about how they just started giving a fuck about politics And that's why you should listen to them. I mean, there's no other realm of knowledge where people are like, hey, I just tried cooking for the very first time. I'm pretty sure I know way more than them so-called chefs in the kitchen. So (laughs) who wants some raw chicken? Yeah. And if you're like, no, I literally went to culinary school. I know more than you. They're like, boo, nerd doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah, Racist. (laughs) Right. So that was stupid. Unfortunately, the... High watermark was stupid. (laughs) Yep, that was was the peak. (laughs) From there, we got the call for domestic terrorism. After his remarks, he got a question about a new bill in Wisconsin that would ban any business or government entity from having any kind of vaccination requirement. And Wickman said, quote, If something goes against your conscience, if you know because God told you, we're all created by God in his image, and God gave us certain rights that no man can trample on, if you know in your heart that something is wrong, do not comply. It doesn't matter if there's a law on the table or not. And if they try to press their luck, we have the Second Amendment. I, it's a law on the
0: table. Uh, laws don't count if you have a gun. Yep. Is his gubernatorial platform. Vote for me now. Okay, two things.
2: One, Jonathan and his followers, please try that out. Well Second... <laughs> The question was about a ban on vaccine requirements. So he accidentally was like, yeah, if they put a ban on vaccine requirements and you want everyone to get vaccinated, shoot me in the (laughs) fucking face. (laughs) So you might be wondering, is that the same Jonathan Wickman who wrote healing from asthma? My personal journey, doctoring myself into optimal health and freedom from asthma. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) I'm sorry. Healing from asthma. Blah, 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 blah. From asthma. Freedom from asthma at the end of it. He doctored himself into freedom from asthma. as In his title. <laughs> yep. That's the guy. He's also the owner of a digital marketing firm that provides, this is a quote from their website, lead generation for B2B companies by custom designing a 360-degree ROI-focused plan.
0: Oh, he's a bullshitologist. <laughs> he sure
1: is.
2: That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what a B2B company is to me. What the fuck was 360 degrees as, as relating to that plan? <laughs> oh, thank God I've got leads behind me as well. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> They're hiding leads at other companies? I want to see the plan that isn't ROI focused. You know, we're we're just trying to make the columns even. Really, we're we're focused on
3: negative investment potential here
0: at this other company. You know what? I'm
2: going with John the Wickman's thing because it's focused (laughs) on it. 360
0: degrees of ROI
1: focus over there.
2: You guys got 270 of. Well, actually, 270 (laughs) is better if you're focused on negative. It's complicated. It's a lot of business terms. You literally can't see his plan unless you're wearing an Oculus Quest. That sounds it is.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, by the way, here's a few other fun facts I learned from a recent interview that Wickman did about his political aspirations. According to Wickman, don't say you're good at flying children's I, toys. Yeah, I'm very good at flying <laughs> remote control airplanes. Literal exact quote. Also, in the winter time as a kid, I created. The best snow tunnels at Wilson Park. (laughs) Okay. Fuck
0: Frank. Don't listen to what that motherfucker tells you.
2: (laughs) Liar. I mean, the guy at Central Park had really fucking good ones, but I was winning at Wilson Park.
4: I'll shoot him.
1: I'll shoot him right in the fucking face. (laughs) If you hear hear Frank say otherwise.
0: (laughs) And in our millionth headline tonight, Monica Cole. <laughs> you.
5: Excellent. Who
0: you is, as near as we can tell from her Twitter account, approximately 995,855 of the eponymous moms in her <laughs> ambitiously titled group, <laughs> One Million Moms. Well, she found something that she was pissed off yet again. This week's target is Eli Lilly, the company most famous for. You know, shit like burying research that showed Prozac increased suicidal behavior, getting sued for pushing antipsychotic medications for unapproved uses. And, of course, is the chief malefactor in the heartless price gouging of insulin. But none of that was enough to rouse Cole's decimally challenged ire. Instead, she's pissed because one of their ads implied that transgendered people both exist now and should continue to in the future. (laughs) They're just like, you were supposed to
1: be on the side of killing kids, you (laughs) traitor. Right, yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, when she finds
2: out they're price-gouging trans people, I feel like she's going to be super confused. Yeah, right. right. That's That's going to
0: soften it. So the ad campaign in question is obviously a desperate effort to distract from the policy of extorting diabetics, or or maybe they're just pissed because... You know, they're not getting all the free we made a vaccine, though, ads that their competitors are giving. (laughs) Regardless, the theme of the campaign is that they're super woke and you can tell because they don't bar black people from buying their medicine. And one of the lines in the ads reads, quote, the body you are randomly assigned at birth shouldn't determine how well you are cared for, end quote. And as if that wasn't a blatant enough effort to, in her words, push transgenderism, it also shows, quote, A transgendered man, by which she means fucking woman, but she's an asshole, wearing flashy makeup, end quote, and also someone recovering from top surgery. Look, if you want to change your gender, it's one thing, but glitter eye makeup before fall, Christ won't stand for it.
2: (laughs) Also, just for the record, I'm not sure that Jesus is cis or het, necessarily. He might identify as non-binary, right?
0: That would make sense.
2: Tertiary,
0: maybe, according
1: to the Catholic <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: should celebrate that.
1: Yeah. One's a
2: many-spirit. Non-binary Jesus. I like that, in, uh, that figure.
0: So, okay, so Cole posted Jeremiah about this on her blog.
2: For our less literate listeners, a Jeremiah is a lemonade made by a guy named
9: nope. Jeremy.
0: Nope. Yeah. So, anyway, she posted Jeremiah where she explains why she's so concerned. Quote, can you imagine what goes through the mind of a child when he or she sees this ad? We all know children imitate what they see and repeat what they hear, end quote. So apparently she's worried that children are going to see these ads and get fucking mastectomies or something. So, Monica, if you're listening, and we know that you are, Fig fan. I want to say you're getting warmer, okay? You're hating the <laughs> white people now. <laughs> for the wrong reasons, and that's better than what we've come to expect from you, right? So I'm willing to compliment you for that. Hell, before we know it, you're going to change your name to 100,000 moms and only be lying by two orders of magnitude. I have hope. (laughs)
2: Honestly, 11 angry moms is scarier than your lie, Mom.
0: I got to push tables
2: together. I can't fit you all in a booth. Think about it. It's It's pretty terrifying. And finally tonight. In Pastor Sticks His Hands in a Pile of Dog Shit During a Sermon News. <laughs> a pastor literally stuck his hands in a pile of dog shit during a sermon. That's the story. Yeah. That's the entire story. Kind of fucked up my pun thing from the beginning, but there's no other way to introduce that. you got to just say it. Uh, okay. How about a talking poodle? Nope. No, please don't interrupt. Here we are (laughs) (laughs) looking for news about how religion is stupid as our job. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Dan Burgoyne of Rolling Hills Covenant Church in California decided to lose his goddamn mind and start working for us and do what I literally said just now. He gave a sermon last week about how God defines sin in the Bible and in the middle of the speech as a visual aid for that concept. He plunged his hands into a very large pile of dog shit that he brought from home. Well, folks, if you're going to plunge your hands in shit, I, I need you to be making a really important point. Spoiler <laughs> alert.
0: He is not. He nope. is not going to nope, do that now. No, it's just, it's dirty. I mean, honestly, given their current stance against public health, I was assuming he was pushing back against the liberal cucks who say ingesting feces can give you hepatitis A, but it was even <laughs> dumber than
3: that. So here's how Pastor Dan worked the
2: pile of dog shit into his sermon. He says, do you know what God equates as sin in the Bible? He equates poop, filth in the Bible. And then he motions to a literal silver platter that he set up with a shockingly large amount of dog shit to which he clearly has access in his life. And he says, Mm -hmm. no, this is not a brownie. No. This is not a Snickers bar. Who would have thought? Of I that? own two Bull Mastiffs in my life. This is Great Dane. So um, uh, he, he got confused there. Those are two different <laughs> types of things. It's fine. He's excited on his big day. It's his big day. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's very excited. Then he starts talking about Psalm 141 and continues with these big hand motions, almost touching the pile so many times, just beaming with joy as he throws all these pump fakes of anticipation about the dog shit, and then he finally gets to the line he wants, which is about presenting your prayer to God like incense. And that's when he smashes his hands into the pile of dog shit. And he goes to town on this pile of shit. Like like he was giving it a
0: massage.
2: So excited. Uh, Look, I don't like to kink shame, but... This is just so obviously what that is, right? He wants to be a poopy boy, and we all have to watch him. It's like if we all just started announcing our kinks between
5: headlines. It's yeah. not?
2: That's for you time. That's for you at your house. So the reaction from the audience is pretty great, too. Most of them are like, dude, what? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Or just, yes. you know, staring in complete silence because their pastor is clearly having a stroke and he's just shoved his hands into a pile of dog shit. And then we get the rest of the sermon from the happiest man I've ever seen. Because yep. Pastor Dan, he's just a guy who really enjoys the fun, squishy feeling of handling dog shit. And he <laughs> finally had a moment of true honesty in his life. I'm actually really happy for him. He's living his best life. Okay, you know what, Heath? You got a point there. Uh Outfit stuff,
1: everybody. Yeah, no, we, stuff. We yeah.
0: <laughs> And before Eli gets any more specific about what kind of outfits he wears, we're going to close the headlines there. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Eli working in a maid cafe. And when we come back, Tom and Cecil will be here because it turns out there are still more people that can go fuck themselves. Who look amazing in a maid cafe outfit. Hey,
2: podcast listener. Would you like to have a slumber
0: party with us? Eli, what did we say about trying to fuck our listeners? That that. if it didn't work
2: for Heath, it'll never work for me. No, the other thing. What what else did we say? Oh, don't do it on the air.
0: Exactly. There you go.
2: No, but guys, I'm not trying to fuck them. I'm inviting them to our patron-only pajama party next week, August 7th, starting at 6 p.m. We'll be sending out the live stream link to all of our patrons on all of our shows. So if someone's been waiting to throw us a buck or two, there's never been a better time to do it. That's right.
0: We'll be playing games, answering questions. Eli's going to do magic. That's the only one of our personal things that we're going to do that he's written into this script. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) I sure am.
2: Great. Yeah, Eli's going to do that, and that's it. But that's not all, actually. (laughs) We will be posting pics, updates, and general behind-the-scenes fun all week long. So it's like you're on vacation with us. Yeah. That's right. Plus, you get to see Morgan, Tim, Andrew Torres, and
0: maybe even a special guest or two. Oh, that's got me nervous. So head over to patreon.com slash atheist and toss us what you can. The Pajama Party. The only sleepover
2: invitation from Eli you should ever say yes to. How
0: dare you? To do the job we do here on The Scathing Atheist, you really have to love to hate things. Well, sometimes we love to hate things so much that we just can't fit all the hate into one episode. And that was the case a few weeks ago when Tom and Cecil came on to chip away at those Vulgarity for Charity roasts. So we thought we'd take a few minutes to share some of the insults that didn't quite make it last time. All right, time for round three. The category is Religious Leaders. Heath, you're up next. This one comes from Jessica your target is the late, great Harold Camping.
6: Oh, Oh.
1: fantastic.
6: So
0: Harold
2: Camping, if you're not familiar, is the guy who used his degree in civil engineering from UC Berkeley to predict the end times using math. He predicted the date of the end times using his civil engineering degree Mm -hmm. and math. He said it would happen on September 6th, 1994. And also September 29th, 1994. <laughs> and also October 2nd, 1994. God just like bumped it a couple weeks. Mm-hmm, then a couple yeah, a couple,
0: and then a couple years. and then, yeah.
2: yeah, and then a bunch of years. He also predicted it for May 21st, 2011. So you guys remember... Pete Best, <laughs> the drummer for Beatles before Ringo. Yeah, Harold Camping is the Pete Best of prophecy.
0: <laughs> of end times prophecy. All right, Cecil, I got one for you from Sophia. Your target is Pastor Ricky Rosato. Oh, my God, the picture of this guy. He looks like Gene
6: Okerlund's from the back stunt double. <laughs> <He's been amazing>. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like... You look at the stock image they use for the sex offender website before they upload the actual mug shot. <laughs> That's so rough. It's like if an unwanted sweaty hand on the small of your back was a person. <laughs> okay, so, Noah, Dan wants a roast of Catholic priest Frank Pavoni.
0: Oh, Frank Pavoni, the, the guy who fishes aborted fetuses out of the trash and names them. Yeah. (laughs) The guy who did a Trump ad where he slapped a fetus up onto an altar like he was about to ask you how thin you wanted yours sliced. The guy who (laughs) totally, by the way, did not embezzle from his charity, even though he... Never provided a reasonable explanation as to how a group that collected tens of millions of dollars over the last few years and spent less than 63% of its revenue on programs wound up $1.4 million in debt. Yeah. <laughs> that asshole huh. looks like if you picked Mike Pompeo before he was ripe. <laughs> okay. Tom, you're up next. Julian wants you to quote, grill the shit out of Gerald Ridsdale, a pedophile priest. Cool,
4: cool, 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 cool. Pedophile priest. A phrase which at this point feels unnecessarily redundant. Okay. Uh, you want me to grill the shit out of this guy, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm honestly at a bit of a loss. Typically what I'll do with these, I'll take some detail from what the roast request is, and I'll try to intuit something about the character or maybe the future of the roastie, but I don't have any way to do this here. I don't know what motivates a pedophile priest. I don't know how to assassinate the character of an actual villain. I don't want to know. I don't want to speculate or empathize or to look too deeply into that abyss. What I want is for these fuckers to be rooted out and flushed down the social drain to die alone and starved of human comfort for as many lonely hours as their wretched bodies will continue to pump the fucking icker through their worthless veins. And even though I know there is no hell, I want them to die afraid of it, like <laughs> eyes wild and dugging out with fear. And I want that fear to engulf and to envelop them and to consume every inch of them and to flood them with panic and dread and to never let up. So I'm not sure I can do it. <laughs> okay, We're going to get you giving speeches for the church. Yeah. Oh, doing a graduation,
2: graduation speech.
0: <laughs> All right. And Eli, you're going to close out this round. Rachel wants a roast of Texas cult leader Yisrael Buffalo Bill Hawkins. What now? Okay. So for those of you who don't know, this guy is
2: basically a Nick Cage villain that Nicolas Cage would have sent back to the writer's room for being too broad. He runs a a cult that's taken over a town. He does all kinds of horrible shit with kids. and And he's just like a generally terrible person. But. To be fair to Israel. If you looked like Bob Odenkirk, disguising himself with a salt and pepper wig and hillbilly teeth, you too would have taken over a town to get laid. So to <laughs> today, yeah, fair. he's like a pedophile Halloween costume, but like not a good, like off-brand. <laughs> <Right. version> of <laughs> like. like if, if pedophile was a TM, like
6: it came free with the van. <laughs> right, yeah,
2: exactly.
6: It looks like an old-timey miner comes to middle schools and tells you about the dangers of the gold rush. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, list sounds like it's time for another spiting round. We have no control over that. Uh, just when the noises go off, we have to do it. The category is politicians, <laughs> and I want you to tell me if your roastie was running unopposed, who would your write-in candidate be? So, Heath, you're up first with a request from Jonathan. Who did you write in instead of voting for Mitch McConnell?
1: <laughs> okay,
0: good question. So, I figured a
2: good senator it's all about being racially sensitive and, of course, you want good viscosity, right? Sure. <laughs> so uh, uh, I wrote in a warm bottle of Aunt Jemima syrup. Oh, there you go. More sensitive, better viscosity. Significant better, step yeah, up better. in both
0: categories. Yeah. Okay. So, Cecil, this one's for Jamie. Who did you write in for Boris Johnson? Sargon of Akkad. He was farther <laughs> left and he thinks higher are women. So
6: oh. I him in <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Noah, back to you. This is from Dennis. Who was your write-in for Greg Russ of the New York City Housing Authority?
0: (laughs) Yeah, his job is to make sure there's plenty of safe, affordable housing in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) Doing a bang-up job there. I can see why they literally pay you more than the fucking mayor. I feel like I'm writing in Bob Vila, or maybe... Samuel Jackson's character from <laughs> *Caveman's Valentine*. Tom, <laughs> um, you're up next. Uh, Cornell wants to know your write-in for Danish far-right politician Rasmus Paludan. Holy shit! I, despite looking like something that's sloughed
4: off of Danny DeVito in the shower, come back to life. <laughs> Rasmus still manages to be a white supremacist despite obvious personal mirror-based evidence to the contrary. <laughs> So I guess like were I Danish, I would write in an actual cheese Danish to run again. <laughs> because seriously, a cheese Danish should be vastly more palatable, vastly more agreeable, and somehow still less creamy looking. <laughs>
2: okay, but Tom, as he we know from creamy. a year long feud, he would lose to candidate donut. So you gotta <laughs> be hundred percent. Okay. All right. 100%. Not <laughs> if it was
4: ranked choice voting. Anyway, okay. <laughs>
0: it's a bad system. We need a Condorcet for these donuts. (laughs) All right, so Eli, this one is for uh, Angelo Madrid. Yes, the Angelo Madrid. Who is your write in for Australian Minister for Home Affairs, Peter Dutton? Oh, God. Okay, uh, on appearance alone, I'm going to go with Opie from Family Guy. you know,
2: the, the one who works at Peter's job who got the board lodged in his head? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that point, you might as well vote for Peter Dutton. But in spirit, I would definitely write in Opie. Peter Dutton looks like he was hit in the back of the head with what history will think of him at all time. <laughs> well, <I've got>
0: <laughs> all right, for the next round, the category is Family Heat. Don Toretto's the stupid character. Vin Diesel can't act. That is What? <laughs> demonstrably true, but we haven't started yet. Ashton Sorry, okay. we are in a fight. wants you to roast his dad, Martin, and his dad has three dogs, Arya, Rascal, and Loki. Okay, so we got a
2: photo of Martin sleeping in a chair with all three dogs on top of him. First of all, Martin might be dead. Like <laughs> I, I really hope not, but there's a non-zero chance you're hearing about this a year and a half after finding your dead father, like, kind of velcroed to these dogs with decomposing flesh <laughs> oh, and you have to kind of just like tear it slowly but you're not sure fast is better oh, you go fast is definitely you think fast mm-hmm. yeah well that might have happened decent chance <laughs> best case scenario he's alive and he's about to get removed from an off-track bedding because you're not allowed to sleep here sir. So.
8: Warning: <laughs> the following podcast contains adult content adult language mild violence drug use full frontal nudity pigeon noises and unreliable lists
0: this week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by IP Vanish, My Sheets Rock, ZipRecruiter, and by the only sheets good enough to beat My Sheets Rock, My Sheets Paper, My Sheets Paper, because covering actually kind of makes sense in this context. And now, The Scathing Atheist.
6: Hi, this is Harrison. And this is Amy from the Sketchy Sketch Sketch Show, a new comedy podcast where anyone can submit a comedy sketch. We read it on the air and then have fun talking about it.
1: We may just be another podcast that only our moms listen to, but even
10: we know that we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. And women.
0: It's August 5th.
2: And we're all in the same room. I'm touching Heath. I yep, am touching yep, him.
0: Yep, yep, it's true. I'm I'm, I'm,
2: I'm, no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick.
0: I'm Heath Enright.
2: And from Baby Cheeks, New Jersey, <laughs> this <laughs> is the Skating Atheist. On this week's episode, Anna Bosnick tells us just how god-awful Christian music can be. Eli is still touching me. I am. Like Dustin Hoffman in The Graduate. Just <laughs> and me.
0: I'm remembering why I'm an introvert. But first, the diatribe. It probably won't surprise you to learn that the library in Waycross, Georgia didn't have a hell of a lot about atheism circa 2001. But ultimately, I did manage to find one and a half books about atheism. One was called The Atheist Debater's Handbook, and flawed though it was, it acted as my first introduction to a lot of the arguments that I still use today. Uh, And the half book was a 1994 book called Creationism's Upside-Down Pyramid. Uh, and though it wasn't technically about atheism, it was about how full of shit Christianity was, and that was pretty close. So I checked both of the books out, and I read them over the next couple of days. Now, at the time, I was working at a pizza place that was on the verge of going out in business, and my job was to, you know, look busy in case the boss showed up. So I'm sitting in the office reading when the get-to-work bell goes off on the door, and I hastily, like, toss the book on the desk, hop up, try to act like I'm in the middle of cleaning something. Now, I, I know that my boss is super Christian, but I also have a great relationship with him at the time, and I've got this... And a childlike naivety about religion that assumes if a person is reasonable in one aspect of his life, he must be at least kind of reasonable in the others. So, you know, sure, he, he went to church and he wore a cross and shit, but I figured he was intelligent enough to reject creationism. But when he saw the book, he kind of freaked the fuck out and proved me wrong. Now, he wasn't the yelly type, he didn't lose his temper, but he was clearly furious to see the work of the devil burning its way into his desk and expressed a profound disappointment that I didn't believe in creationism. His exact words were, I thought you were smarter than that. Of course, I was far less confident in my beliefs at the time, and he was my boss, so I wasn't inclined to argue. I just kinda nodded along while he told me about all the great sacrifices that God made in sending his only begotten son to die for my sins, and then sheepishly admitted that I didn't really find his religion convincing. I I, I didn't exactly argue, but I also didn't acquiesce. For a week or so, he treated me with some mixture of disappointment and disdain, but after he had enough time to process my betrayal of the baby Jesus, he started asking questions about why I rejected Christianity. Thinking back on it now, I gave some embarrassingly uninformed arguments that a better prepared apologist could have probably shredded, but neither of us really knew much about the side that we were defending, so he had little in the way of rebuttal. Over the next few weeks, this actually blossomed into an ongoing discussion about religion, and despite how strong his initial reaction was, he abandoned defending his beliefs altogether pretty early on. Instead, I became a sounding board for a lot of his doubts and distractions. I was, after all, the only person in his life that wasn't going to judge him harshly for finding fault in the teachings of the Bible. I was the only person he knew that wouldn't think less of him for expressing his doubt. This this was a guy who dedicated one day of every week to congregating with people around the subject of religion, and yet here I was, the only person he could have an honest discussion about religion with. I just find this weird because religions like to brag about the way they create communities. The more progressive apologists will even try to use that community-building aspect as a rampart to hide their doubts behind. like Even if it's not true, just look at all these benefits. But when you build your community on a lie, what kind of community are you building? You know, my boss back then couldn't be himself around his religious peers. When he had doubts, he had to suppress them. When he had hard questions, he couldn't ask them. And and uh, you add to that all the superhuman expectations of morality that Christianity imposed on him, he couldn't admit that he lusted after women or watched porn or liked alcohol or masturbated. He couldn't even be proud of his own fucking achievements. He was forced to subvert the part of himself that cussed when it got angry and enjoyed violent movies and appreciated a good boob and replace all that with a person who hated gays and defended traditional gender roles. So sure, he might have been part of a community and that his physical presence was surrounded by other people. But what's the point of belonging if you're pretending to be someone else the whole time? How much community could he possibly have if I was the only person he could be himself around? In in that sense, religions create, if anything, anti-communities. Right? Not only do their communities fail in the all-important aspect of communing, but they also take up the space where a real community could go. You can't explore some other group that might be more accepting of your real personality because you already have Bible study with the Whitakers on Tuesday and volunteer night with the pastor's wife on Friday night and church activities all day Sunday. Somehow they're taking up the space without managing to fill it. And that's the dark secret that hides at the base of most religious communities. Everybody in them is pretending to be somebody they aren't. When people leave their insular religions, it often feels like they've sacrificed this huge community in so doing. But once you get farther away, you often discovered that all you lost was an illusion. If you're in a room with a hundred people pretending to be somebody they aren't, there are fewer people to get to know than there would be if you were in a room by yourself.
1: They're talking about your Jesus. we interrupt this broadcast, bring you a special
0: news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight is Nobody. The whole team's on a company retreat this week, so most of this week's show was recorded in advance. But don't worry, we've been stocking up a couple of extra headlines every week over the last few weeks. So Heath and Eli will be here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our first sponsor this week, IP Vanish. Hey, podcast listener, I'm No Illusions. I'm Heath Enright. And I'm Eli Bosnick, here to tell you about
2: this week's sponsor, P.I. Vanish. If you're being followed by a private investigator who no. knows
0: too much, no. P.I. Vanish... No, 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 no. Eli, th- th- this week's sponsor is IP Vanish.
2: What's IP Vanish? Great question. IP Vanish is a virtual private network, or a VPN for short. A VPN is a super important tool that helps you safely browse the Internet. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN... All your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing. Oh, man, uh,
0: I got to go take care of something. And for listeners of our show,
2: hey buddy, you wait.
0: IP Vanish is offering an incredible 65% off. Just 349 for the first month or 3149 for the year.
2: Yeah, I'm so sorry about this. I I I got the sponsor Wow, this no, thing. that is a great deal. So where do I sign up? Oh, it's a sponsor for my podcast. They're like the radio.
0: So go to IPvanish.com slash scathing to claim your sixty five percent savings. They have plans starting at just three dollars and forty nine cents or thirty one forty nine a year.
2: No, I was gonna use the shovel for Gardening man, This is
0: the time to sign up. With our discount and their current promotional offerings, you can get a VPN for 65% off their usual offerings. IP Vanish is the best of the best. Even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot, and that's with more than 6,000 reviews. I don't know why you're being such a jerk about this, okay? I am letting you go right now. I'm letting you go. Show these guys some love. They're repeat sponsors. Remember, it's IPVanish.com slash scaling to get the deal and start protecting yourself online.
6: Guys,
2: guys, are we sure... The sponsor isn't P.I. Vanish. This guy is being yep, a real yep, negative yes, Nancy. Yes,
0: we are sure. Ah, fine. Why would you... Don't, don't ask him questions. And now, back to headlines from the past already in progress. And in Law talking Guy News, there are many villains
2: in the story of the COVID pandemic. The Trump administration... Tucker Carlson's lying, vaccinated face. Pastor Tony Spell, whose stimulus challenge got ruined by Heath, asking everyone to tweet gay porn at him. But in the northern reaches of Manitoba, Canada, perhaps nobody represents the problem better than the religious legal group, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, which recently sued the province for their COVID restrictions on behalf of a bunch of religious assholes. Well, this week, it turns out that at least one of their lawyers engaged in a little... uh, extracurricular stalking of the judge in the case. Jesus. And he is
0: fucked. So we're going to talk about it. Okay, but Eli, did you choose this story to send me a at least you just have to stop me from talking about it message? You have to tell <laughs> me
1: to...
2: <laughs> right. Is there curricular stalking? <laughs> right. yes, just, right. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to show up at the... It's a weird way to say it. At the courtroom. This is why we need critical race theory <laughs> in the <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> Right. So, little background here. JCCF's case isn't based on just, like, regular stupid stuff we see in America where people are like, First Amendment means that I get to stay in this tornado. No. They claim that the province has lied about case numbers to justify lockdowns, and their modeling <laughs> is flawed. What? Why? Yeah. Why is the province doing that? Because Freedom Canada, Jesus. We're crazy people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. So they think the Illuminati got in touch with, like, <laughs>
0: big Manitoba? <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Right. Why would they have to lie? Three Manitobans get COVID. You've got a scary-looking percentage on your hands. I don't <laughs> get it. Right. So one of their lawyers, John Carpe,
2: who regular listeners will actually remember for comparing pride flags to Nazi swastikas and mm-hmm. calling in-school gay-straight alliances ideological sex clubs, that guy what? thought it would be a good idea to catch the judge overseeing their case. Chief Justice Glenn Joyal violating COVID restrictions.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I imagine because he thought he'd be
2: like, is this you at a picnic? And the judge would be like, click, clack, you win. This is how the law works. <laughs> so, Jesus. So he hired a private detective <laughs> to follow Justice Joyal who paid a kid to ring their doorbell to confirm that's where he lived, and even followed him to his vacation home? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> the judge is just weeping with laughter, dude. I can, I can see your love and hate knuckles sticking out. You're doing the Cape Fear thing. Huh? <laughs> you, can from, you can come out from under the car
4: now. I just, I wanted to see how far I could take it. I rode over a lot of like difficult
2: stuff. I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble. but You gotta come
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta
2: come out. I'm gonna get in tr- You're under arrest by the oh, way. So, yeah, yeah, you are. In a-
0: well, so he so honestly thought he was basically going to call the judge as a surprise witness. In yep. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, as you can imagine, John Carpe got in trouble <laughs> for, uh, you know, trying to intimidate a federal judge. And yeah. mm-hmm. has now taken a indefinite leave from the JCCF because he faces disbarment. There's that. What yeah. I'm saying is Canada is awesome. And really... This is just the latest example of that fact, everybody. Just the
0: latest example. Uh, the the whole Canada is awesome thing starts to break down when your story takes place in Manitoba. But we'll let you get away with it. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> the maple syrup province. And in Sink Like a Stone news tonight, few names bring more delight to the scathing atheist newsroom than that of Perry Stone. Harry Stone. He pizzled. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. Matt Powell is still top dog, yes, but mm-hmm. if he dies or is otherwise unable to fulfill his duties, I feel like Perry Fingers Stone crossed. is high on the running to replace him. He burst onto the scene in 2019 when his failed effort to both scroll through his phone and speak gibberish at the same time <laughs> went viral. <laughs> be, yes, the equivalent of being unable to walk and talk about chewing gum, but anyway.
2: You <laughs> ran out of
0: pixels? la 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 la. Well, he's back again with proof that he can perform miracles in the form of an X-ray of a man whose nerve damage disappeared after Stone baptized him. That is absolutely, verifiably fake bullshit. Perry, Perry, did you write really real X-ray
2: across your crayon drawing of a cartoon bone? That's what it looks like, buddy.
11: It's not.
0: It's cray-paws. This doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so <a> crayon. <laughs> so like most pieces of evidence that completely upend all known medical science, this was presented on YouTube yep. where Stone and his co-host Nick Walker are sharing cool. stories of the numerous miracles they witnessed in their days as professional liars. And they're telling the story of a man named Jacob that had, quote, nerve damage in his hands so bad that he could not use it, end quote but upon baptizing him in the name of the Holy Father, quote, as soon as his hands came out of the water, his hand was loosed, and everybody saw this, end quote. What? Now, just just in case you're inclined not to believe him, they present before and after x-rays that are entirely unmarked, take their word for it, total miracle hands. <laughs> okay, Mr. Stone,
2: so according to the x-ray we got, you did not damage your hand while you were fisting yourself. So that's good news. Uh The bad news is you can't keep the x-ray even though it is, quote, for a work thing. So, <laughs>
4: you know. <laughs> All right. Can you guys do, like, the hair
2: and the makeup for the after photo x-ray for me? Just, like, have, have it smile better. It's a good posture or something. Put on a
0: belt, make it red. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, you might be thinking that nerve damage would be really hard to see on an x-ray. And you'd be right. Nerves... Don't show up on x-rays. Um, and it's not like the damaged ones would be flashing red or anything. Um, what the picture actually shows are four right hands, okay? Two with gaps between the finger bones and two without. And even to a person like myself, it is, who has absolutely no experience or expertise whatsoever in x-rays, it's super duper obvious that these are four different right hands. Right, And when mm-hmm. Hemet met what? over at the Friendly Atheist blog, did a little snooping, it turned out the picture was from a 2018 article in Scientific Report about a bone disorder called Kasson-Beck disease.
2: Amazing work, Hemet.
0: Oh, oh, shit. You guys Googled it?
2: Any chance you guys will believe that this happened to my good friend, Jacob Beck? Huh? No?
0: God. Yes. <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> so, <it>. Jacob Beck? <laughs> so, bottom line, Nick Walker and Perry Stone verifiably lied about witnessing a miracle and obtaining proof of it. The absolute most favorable possible interpretation here is that they are Olympic levels of stupid, which is actually very plausible given what we know. I, I mean, mean, just like, Yeah, but to be clear, just like every other verified miracle in all of human history, this one was verified to be false.
2: Yeah. All right. you score at home, zero. Zero, <laughs> Still zero to
0: lots. And in the HIPAA in the room news.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: That's very good. Yeah. As it becomes more and more obvious that proof of vaccination is going to be necessary to return to any semblance of normal in the United States, Republicans all over the country are madly scrambling for any excuse to remind us that they are the party of bodily autonomy. Except for women who want abortions and gay people who want to get married and trans people who want to use bathrooms and history teachers who want to teach history. But except for those people, Republicans are the party of bodily autonomy and... Proof of that position, according to the Republican Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, is that they don't even pray for your health in church anymore because it violates your right to privacy. Okay. First of all, no.
1: No. no. That's not.
2: <laughs> but but really? You sure you want to talk about that data point theoretically? Have Cancer recovery's gone down a lot since praying got banned in your head?
1: <laughs> no?
2: You're, you're backing out of the
0: room now? Out, you're yeah, you're backing out of the you're room. room yeah, to paraphrase our friend Tim Robertson, it's only a matter of time before, and how's your mom is met with cries of HIPAA violation, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, so this logical gem took place during Kramer's appearance on MSNBC, where host Garrett Hockey pointed out that Kramer hasn't publicly said whether or not he's vaccinated, and that that might make his encouragement to his constituents ring hollow, because it does. Right. Mm -hmm. And Kramer responded with the following quote. People are very well informed. No. They don't need to be lectured to. Yes. They certainly don't need to be bullied. Yes. Mm They respond more negatively than positively to that. And frankly, I prefer to listen to my constituents rather than lecture them and inform them. I inform them about what's going on in Congress. I'm not a great informer of what's going on in their personal health care, end quote. Cool, yeah. It's time to uh, drain the swamp. We need
0: Epidemiology outsider. <laughs> from
2: the random people of North Dakota right. about
0: epidemiology. Great. Jesus. Well, as soon as he said people are very well informed, fucking polygraphs he wasn't hooked up to started going haywire.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it gets better. So here's the money shot. Quote, I want to honor personal privacy, by the way, which is also crucial. We can't pray for people's healing in church anymore because it would out their health situation. So, <laughs> I don't know why we should be outing everybody's personal decisions on vaccinations, end quote. By the way, that lie detector and uh, the doomsday clock just moved, too. Very valid points by Kramer. So, New Deal, Mr. Kramer, if you're listening, and I know you are a big fan, you have to tell people if you're vaccinated because you are, you fucking liar, coward, shitcake. But you can also tell me about all the magic wishing you do. Just go nuts, buddy. I'll even give you a little white card to carry around with all your wishes on it. Whatever stops the fucking plague, yeah. man. Just, uh
0: yeah. <sighs> and on that note, we're going to pause for a word from our second sponsor this week, My Sheets Rock. I'm telling you, you need to squinch it a little bit to the left. Dude, I'm not going to miss it. It's the moon. Guys, you're going to miss w- it. Guys, what are you doing messing around with my death ray? You know you're not allowed to touch that. We're blowing up the moon. Noah. Yep. Blowing up the moon.
2: Why? Okay, so summer's almost here, and Heath and I are both hot sleepers, so we figured... Blow up the moon. Just blow up the moon. cool things right
0: down a little bit. Okay, first of all, blowing up the moon wouldn't cool things down a bit, and secondly, why don't you guys try the regulator sheets from My Sheets Rock?
2: What are the regulator sheets? From My Sheets
0: Rock. Okay, so, uh, sorry, Do both of you guys get a point there? Yeah, or? we
2: both get a point. Yeah, yeah we worked right, out ahead of so time. So okay, all right. We both got one up a tie.
0: My Sheets Rock created the regulator sheets, which are designed specifically to keep hot sleepers cool and cool sleepers comfortable. They regulate temperature, wick moisture, stay breathable, and are so soft you'll sleep comfortably every night. That's because these sheets are made from best-in-class bamboo rayon, the holy grail of sheeting. This miracle material transfers body heat two times more effectively than regular sheets and reduces humidity by 50%, so you can experience your best night's sleep yet.
2: Yeah, My Sheets Rock actually sent us a set to try, and I ended up buying a spare set because they're my new favorite sheets.
0: Well, then why did you want to blow up the moon? I I don't want to talk about it. But Noah, what if I don't believe you? Don't believe me? Their five-star customer reviews speak for themselves. Plus, they offer a 90-day risk-free trial and free shipping and returns. Check out My Sheets Rock at MySheetsRock.com slash scathing and enter our code SCAThing for 10% off and free shipping. All right, Noah, I'm sold.
2: There you go, Moon. You live to moon another day. Okay. I still think you're wasting the death ray, just blowing up our neighbor's motorcycle.
0: Yes. Do I tell you how to use your doomsday devices? Yeah, you do. All the time. Uh, yeah. No, I, okay, that's fair. You're very specific. And in BC's the day news tonight. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. <laughs>
0: You can't cure or prevent COVID-19 by slathering yourself in cow shit or by drinking cow urine. And now that I've said that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just made this podcast illegal in India, y'all. So we'll Yeah, you might have. Download. Yes, you did. Because according to Vice World News, not one but two men have apparently been in jail since mid-May for having the temerity to point that out online. Arendro Leichembaum and Kishore Chandra Wenkam had the audacity to challenge these shockingly common superstitions and are now are in jail under allegations that they quote, deliberately and willfully insulted and outraged religious feelings and sentiments. End quote. I mean, to be fair, my feelings would be
2: hurt if someone pointed out that I was smeared in cow shit for no reason. So, I Okay, yeah, okay. right. Your your feelings have been hurt when someone pointed out. That happens. <laughs> yeah, that's my art. So many more times than you, whatever number you have
0: in your head for that, listeners, it's more. Yeah, it is. It has too few digits that. Right. Number. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, as we've discussed on the show before, there's a long and storied tradition within Indian Hinduism that sees cow dung and urine as miraculous panaceas. And I guess the idea is that cows are sacred and therefore anything that falls out of them must be good. Now, as tempting as it is to make fun of that for being some backward ass nonsense, I should point out that like if Christianity had a steady supply of Jesus turds they'd be smearing them all over their faces constantly. Oh, uh, they, they yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, they they pretend the wine that they're drinking magically turns into Jesus's bodily fluids before they'll even <laughs> drink it for fuck's sake. But regardless, believing you can cure COVID with any kind of poop is really dangerous, and it was all the more dangerous in India in May when, A, their new COVID cases were spiking upwards of 300,000 a day, and, B, when these two guys were arrested. Yeah, also worth pointing
2: out, we've reported on, like, five times when shit water landed on a statue of a Catholic saint and people immediately started smearing themselves with it as magic yeah. oil. Yeah, right. more than five. Right. <laughs> this is an international problem, folks. This is not an India problem. It's everywhere. I'd call it a religion well, problem. Well, yeah, fair. And yes, also international. If we can run a leaky sewer pipe near a statue and then people start hunting Satan like the
0: fucking predator, <laughs> <laughs> there should not be religion. That should not be a thing. Now, to be clear, the real reason behind this has less to do with cow shit than human shit. And by human shit, of course, I mean India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Modi has been rightly criticized for his lackluster response to the nation's COVID crisis and specifically for catering to religious nonsense instead of following the recommendation of scientists and medical experts. Lecombaum and Wangam are prominent critics of his bullshit policies, and that's the real reason they're sitting in jail. Dismissing the medicinal properties of covering oneself in cow shit was actually just a convenient excuse because, and thus is the power of religion, that sounds more reasonable than what he's actually (laughs) jailing them for.
2: Yeah. All right, moving straight along. Next up in headlines. According to a new study, atheists are the fucking worst. Everyone (laughs) (laughs) hates us. And that includes us, apparently. And And we're not even hating the other religions back for spite. And I said other religions like we're one. That's how they see it, though. Mm. That whole thing, we're not hating them back. And that holds even when you include all those new atheists who merged with the far right. Despite Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins being, yes, assholes, the data shows that people with no religion are super nice on average with respect to this topic. In fairness, we don't especially like religions either, obviously. We're just evenly meh, which means we are mathematically better at disliking stuff correctly without being bigots than every single religious group and
0: for that i am proud of us right you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i mean that's even with all those alt-right mergers fucking up our average we still yeah managed to come out on yeah. top what i love about this
2: study is that it blatantly reveals religious bigotry and also atheist misanthropy at the yeah. same time as so, get them atheists out of my town and i don't know man everyone kind of sucks the study yeah. right? <laughs> that's the results that is the results yeah. that's correct mm-hmm. so The study was done by David Speed and Melanie Brewster, and it looks at the opinions of evangelical Christians, mainline Protestants, black Protestants, Catholics, all the other religions as a single group, and finally people with no religion. And respondents were told to describe their opinion on a scale from very positive to very negative of people who are from different groups. The groups were Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, and Atheist. And we got some useful information. So good work by Speed and Brewster. But let's be honest, Ryan Burge, they are not. Righty? Yeah. Fortunately for us, our very esteemed colleague, he's a colleague of ours, Mr. Burge, he analyzed the data and presented it just right. Here's what he found. I'm going to start with the evangelicals. They were asked to... Ranked the religions and they very happily provided their very clear answers with a distinct, widely spread hierarchy. First of all, they fucking love themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. They rated Christians as very, very positive. More than any group rated any other group. <laughs> of course. In terms of other religions, evangelicals begrudgingly find Jewish people not quite somewhat positive. And they just barely don't hate Buddhist and Hindu people. Of course, they do find Muslim people to be negative, yep. and atheists are super negative. They rated us lower than any group rated any other group. Okay, but that's only because me and Noah got disqualified for drawing our own part of the bar graph to put Christians on. So if they kept <laughs> those in. <laughs> so the Catholic group and the group made up of all the non-Christian religions were a bit better in the sense that they rated everyone as mildly positive. But again, Christian people were clearly the best, and atheists were just barely above the hate zone for the non-evangelical Protestants. Also worth noting, every group rated Muslim people as the least positive of all the religions. So anti-Muslim bigotry was trying to hide in the form of people being like, yeah, okay, I guess. At least they're not atheists. Ugh, gross. But that anti-Muslim bias was definitely there, so it's worth noting. Right. And keep in mind that atheists weren't even the bad guys in every action movie since 1979. They really (laughs) had to hate us (laughs) organically. Right. Yeah. No help from the outside here. And that brings us to the no religion group. And we rated everyone in a small little cluster just above neutral. So basically... Yeah, you're all fucking stupid, but we don't hate any individual people because that would be bigoted. Again, it's a tight area that we had there, but we actually rated Buddhism the highest, making us the only group that didn't say Christian people are the best. So that was encouraging in some little way. I don't think we should rate Christians best at pretty much anything in a positive way. That being said, at the bottom of our cluster was Muslim people. Just into the positive zones, So there's still some of that bias showing even for the no-religion group. And in second-to-last place for us, for the no-religion people, was atheists, second-to-last. People with no religion are thinking, yeah, atheists are fine, too, but they're being dicks about it. And you know what? (laughs) Yes, we are, because... For this entire study. And (laughs) and because there are not gods. Also, that.
0: Well, look, based on what I see on social media, I'm kind of shocked that there's any group that hates atheists more than atheists.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, here's the explanation of the data from Speed and Brewster. I enjoyed this. The reason everyone hates us, but we don't really care, it's kind of like a sports fan situation to them. Okay. Christian people don't like atheism because they see us like. The fans of a rival hockey team, apparently Speed and Brewster from Canada, so they use use the the Maple Leafs and the Canadians, whatever. Sure. I especially enjoyed that analogy because all the religions are talking trash about a game of fucking Calvin Ball that we're not playing. They're they're (laughs) yelling about their team and wearing obnoxious, oversized uniforms, and we're like, cool, yeah. Enjoy that hockey tournament with invisible goals on the ice. You guys are losing... All of you losing, like,
0: Q to 12 to 0 to 0 to 0. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. enjoy. Well, and that's the thing tournament. is that they also recognize that by not playing the game, we're winning, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, like, everybody hates the Yankees. Nobody bothers hating the Mets. That's all. I'm <laughs> hey,
2: hey, hey, I hate the Mets, Noah. You? Oh, you, you really hate the Mets? Name one Met.
0: Tripolitan Museum okay. of Fine Arts. <laughs> 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 and in diocesan and Desist news tonight. In the world's most disturbing reenactment of the How Many Licks Tootsie Roll Pops commercial, we learned that it takes about 60 sexual abuse lawsuits to bankrupt the diocese. <sighs> or at least that's how many it took to force the diocese of Norwich and Connecticut to file for Chapter 11. That makes it the Breakout the Noisemakers and Party Hats 31st Catholic religious entity in the U.S. to declare bankruptcy over child break. Yum, yum, yum. Which... If you think about it, isn't a thing you should be able to say about any of the clubs the president belongs to. <laughs> yeah,
1: that'd be
2: great. Okay, wait, are you saying I have to throw away these pilot wings I got from Jeffrey Epstein? Because I was a brave boy, Noah. You cannot take these from me.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, on Thursday of last week, the Diocese of Norwich decided to file for bankruptcy after what they call two years of careful deliberation and prayer. Though, given the timing, I can't help but feel they listened to the last week's episode of this show realized there's no hope left one. But regardless of our show's impact, everyone can agree that the nearly five dozen lawsuits filed over alleged sexual abuse by at least forty-three priests at their Mount St. John school heavily factored into the equation. And if you follow the Catholic press on this, by the way, the message that they're very clearly trying to send us that they won't be able to do any more of that awesome charity work they're known for because of all those greedy Victims of child rape.
2: Also important to point out, the European Union would be doing way better with that
0: Third Reich economy if it wasn't for all those fucking (laughs) narcs. Right, yeah, exactly. And yes, look, any time a Catholic diocese declares bankruptcy, that's a good thing. It's worth busting out the noisemakers for. But the main thing you should take away from stories like that is that they are yet more proof that the Vatican has zero commitment to their victims. Right. They talk a tall game and they impanel all kinds of investigative bodies and they put forward a bunch of symbolic reforms. But if they felt anywhere near as bad as they should about the children that they've been condemning to torture this whole time, the Vatican would keep pumping money into this diocese until every victim was fully compensated. They would sell off a few bars of Nazi gold, pawn some Jewish artwork, siphon a bit off the cemetery maintenance fund, whatever they had to do. Instead, they're using the diocesan structure as a stopgap to keep their hordes of wealth protected protected from again the greedy child rape victims
2: yeah sorry i know we have a literal city made of gold and own the most land in the world but steve's
0: catholic church is out of money right so better help try better help i hear that's good (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. work out your shit
0: and with that whatever that was we're going to bring the headlines to a close heath eli thanks as always jumanji And when we come back, Anna will be here because Christian music is so bad that sometimes it takes a pro to break it down.
2: Hello there, you look like a strapping young fellow. Ow! Ow! I didn't even get to the... Whatever. Hello, you look like a strapping young fellow. Would you care for you're walking away? You're just walking away from me. Cool. Great. That's great. Eli, what are you doing in the parking lot
0: of this Arby's? (sighs) Well, I'll tell you, I'm trying to hire people, but... Nobody wants to work anymore, let me tell you. Actually, Eli, more people are hiring than ever, but modern problems require modern solutions.
2: Okay, so are you telling me that I can't hire people these days by walking up to them and saying, you look like a strapping young fellow? No, no, you're going to need
1: ZipRecruiter.
0: What's ZipRecruiter? It's the smartest way to hire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, they send your job to over 100 of the top job sites, giving you access to their networks of millions of job seekers. ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans resumes to find qualified candidates for your open roles and proactively presents them to you. You can easily review recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply to your job, which encourages them to apply faster. So I can actually reach out to people right for the job. I don't have to just wait. That's right. In fact, according to ZipRecruiter's internal data, jobs where employers invite candidates to apply get two and a half times more candidates. And ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Wow. So where do I sign up? Well, right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-C-A-T-H-I-N-G. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, Noah, thanks. ooh, ooh here comes another one. Hey there, you look like a strapping young lad. Eli, I thought you were just going to use ZipRecruiter. Oh, I am. I was just hitting on that guy. Oh, I get it.
2: So, Christianity is bad at so many things, but for a long time, at least some of their music actually had some merit. Mozart's Requiem, Handel's Messiah, Bach's Yesu Joy of Man's Desiring, all winners. But then, the modern American evangelical touched it, and Christian music got rough. (laughs) And apparently we hate joy, so we're going to talk about some of God's... Newer stuff in another installment <laughs> of God Awful Minis. And we're joined by the way too good for us level of talented Anna Bosnick. Anna, welcome back.
10: Oh my God, I'm so fucking happy to be here.
2: <laughs> Are you? All <laughs> I'm right. I'm so
10: fucking excited we don't for this. Usually
2: get reactions <gasps> like that. Cool. And Eli, you were already here from
3: before. Hello, Eli.
2: Hi. Hello. Thank you for the introduction Heath. You I feel as though a new segment it. of our yep. podcast has begun. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that new segment officially introduced and everybody Nobody involved not here pre-recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Eli, what god awful music are we going to be breaking down today? We listen to Breakfast by the Newsboys. It's the story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the story of the Newsboys manager listening to Peaches Come from a Can, a 45 minute fight about how the president wouldn't even have time to start a band. What do you
1: mean? (laughs) And then
2: the Newsboys writing this song anyway. They sure did. And Anna, I'm not a professional, so maybe the artistic genius of this thing was going over my head. But I'm guessing Mm, mm, all that musical mm. nuance was not lost on you. So how bad or perhaps how genius was this music?
10: Well, if you liked Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit, but you thought it lacked the poetic nuance of the Doug theme song, (laughs) you will love this
12: music.
2: Yeah,
5: I
12: will.
2: (laughs) All right. So we're going to run through all the lyrics. But first. I think it's important to explore what they're doing musically here, yes. like composition-wise, symphonically. Mm-hmm. So
11: Absolutely. So
2: let's start with the meter. They went with 4-4 mm. or common time. You don't hear that a lot.
1: I thought that was interesting.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Anna, did the use of 4-4 fit well with the overall presentation, in your oh, opinion, musically? Oh, it did, Heath.
10: Oh, it fit very well. They came at that 4-4 four, four meter like a white girl dancing, like Eli <laughs> trying to clap along to anything, always on that one and three,
12: four. Okay.
2: For the last time, darling, that is a choice. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
10: I don't know why I married you.
2: All right. Well, that brings us to the heart of the song, the poetry of those oh, lyrics. Oh, okay. shall I, Heath? Shall I? Do, do you want to do the lyrics? Yeah. Go right ahead. So, uh, verse one, please, Eli. <laughs> Hold the milk, put back the sugar. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> before, uh, first line, before we even go on. Hold the milk, put back... Yikes! Like, they're going to be talking about Cap'n Crunch and Fruit Loops in a second with apparently sugar
10: on top. Dry. Yeah, yeah. all cereal must be as dry and flavorless as a communion wafer.
2: Yeah, that's how it works. They are powerless to console. (laughs) We've gathered here to sprinkle the ashes from our late friend's cereal bowl. Yikes, even more. Okay. Okay. It's a term. They wanted to write a memorial to a dead friend. And they went with... A breakfast cereal metaphor for that memorial.
10: Yeah, he died from too many Captain Crunch dry scratches on the roof of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it.
2: That'll do it. <laughs> I heard this was actually written for a friend who died and really enjoyed... Breakfast food. And they were like, Oh, Oh, okay. That's the fucking best because they're Christian. So grungy, grungy breakfast Christian rock, upbeat pop song. (laughs) No, that's the best because the thing is like when you're Christian, you can't have a personality. You can't like art. You can't like good music. You can't like fucking or anything fun. So they were like, Hey Steve, as you die of this rotting cancer God (laughs) gave you, Mm -hmm. what should we use to symbolize you as a human being? And he was like, pancakes i really like that <laughs> crunch but Can't dry imagine. but
3: with sugar on top extra
2: please
10: like a hash brown please oh my god that's very funny because i thought that they were talking i didn't know that this was written by for a real person i thought this was a some sort of weird metaphor for jesus christ like oh it is weird that always. yeah it's that too. friend always. okay yeah.
2: okay cool their friend was jesus christ yeah, yeah. he died all right next verse <laughs> Breakfast Clubbers say the motto. Oh, uh, these are the cool teen references of a 30 year old in 1996. <laughs> yep, that's what these are. Are they going to do a line from The Breakfast Club? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Won't. It's just about breakfast. Yeah. That he taught us to repeat. You will lose it in your gym class if you wait till noon to eat. Okay, I'm confused by this. Are they saying that God wants us to eat a healthy breakfast? <laughs> of fruit loops <laughs> that's a possibility Be, it is a possibility being Christian is like getting through gym class without that healthy breakfast
10: I think they were going for something like if you if you wait to get good with God then you'll go to hell but but that image is like you'll throw up your Christianity if you give it <laughs> yep. to you too fast
5: yeah, getting oh, no a
2: uh, runner's workout from evangelicalism. That makes sense.
10: <laughs> oh God! And see,
2: here, I was just thinking the newsboys were warning us about the dangers of hypoglycemia, so huh. maybe they were. All right, next up, back when the chess club said our eggs were soft. Okay, I got, I gotta stop it right there. What are they saying? That they were bullied by the chess club <laughs> in high yeah. I love that. Or maybe the chess club just enjoys. Soft eggs, and who doesn't, who doesn't like, love weird. a
10: runny oak? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: I don't I don't understand yeah. that. Huh? The chess club yeah. complained that they're. So they were serving breakfasts to the chess club? <laughs> I have no idea what's happening so here. The image they're painting is a horrific hellscape. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Every Monday he'd say grace and hold our juice aloft. Okay. Hold our juice aloft. Like, he held everyone's juice. This dead friend would hold everyone's juice and do a cheer. Catching up cups from the table. With orange
10: juice? Yeah. See, this makes more sense than my theory. I thought the chess club was stealing our juice
2: and
1: like oh. pulled it aloft
12: like we had to freeze for it.
1: I love for. that the chess club <laughs> is bullying these
12: people. I, I do love that.
2: I want the chess club side of this story. <laughs> See, I just love this image of their friend being the teenage version of the old Irish guy in the bar who's trying to make it through, may the road rise right up to meet you. <laughs> I'm just saying, this death gets less tragic by the second. i am I'm more and more okay with this guy being dead. Each new thing I learn about him. All right, next up. Oh, none of us knew his checkout time would come so soon. And it's a hotel metaphor.
10: (laughs) Yeah, it's a a continental breakfast. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) But before his
2: brain stopped (laughs) waving, he composed this tune.
10: Mm. So I, I think, so this is where I was like, okay, this breakfast club friend is obviously metaphor for Jesus. And the breakfast clubbers are the Christian kids because they're getting bullied, which is weird because they're like, Jesus wrote this song about breakfast. Right.
2: Well, honestly, Anna, I am relieved with your interpretation because the literal interpretation is we had this dick friend who always used to propose a toast at breakfast. He wrote this song and we stole it to play when he died. (laughs) All right, it's time for the chorus. Don't worry, it's not better than the verses. No. This is the tune he composed. Don't Mm -hmm. forget, this is right here. Oh, the tune
10: he composed is actually the Doug theme song, but go ahead. Yes, the chorus.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When the toast is burned, and all the milk has turned, and Captain Crunch is waving farewell. Mm. I get it. Captain Mm -hmm. Crunch, like the ancient Egyptian honey, Mm. didn't have a choice of metaphor there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) When the big one finds you, may this song remind you that they don't serve breakfast in hell. Mm. Okay. So what they're saying is like, okay, sometimes when I make breakfast, I just forget what I'm doing and the toast burns and the milk turns sour. I forget for so long.
1: <laughs> and that
2: is just like when my friend died or when <laughs> I died. If he's, he wrote this, he's speaking in first
10: person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I take from this is that Captain Crunch is not the ride-or-die friend you thought he was. <laughs> at, the first, at the first whiff of burnt toast, he is like, peace. <laughs> well, he is military. I get it. Oh, fair.
2: But here was my question as I was listening <laughs> to this chorus and wishing I was doing anything else. Do you guys think anyone was, like, saved by this song in particular? Oh, God. Right? The Newsboys have been playing, like, fucking mega churches since 1904 or whatever. <laughs> Was there a kid at a megachurch, like, no croissants in the lake of fire? You know what? Jesus is my Lord and Savior. (laughs) You know what? My friend did die at a Denny's in the middle of breakfast. (laughs) This song is for me. This is mine. (laughs) All right.
10: Verse
2: number two. Here we go. Breakfast clubbers drop the hankies.
10: Okay. Now I'm just picturing Judd Nelson flirting at cotillion. (laughs) Yep. That is an excellent image. Okay.
2: (laughs) Though to some, our friend was odd. The day he bought those pine pajamas, his check was good with God. God Okay, first of all, buying the pine pajamas (laughs) is now how I'm going to say death forever. That's my new thing.
10: Absolutely, we're doing that.
2: Also, are they saying God takes checks? Mm -hmm. Like, when you get there, you (laughs) you need to have a check that's good or like, Negotiate with him about PayPal and Venmo, but not if you're in, like not if it's an atheist check or a Jewish one or a Muslim one. It has to be well. I mean, Christian check. to be fair, those folks have been giving him at least ten percent for years now, so their money's good, you know.
10: Yeah. It is. This is the weirdest. Fucking version of Jesus anybody's ever come up with, just like some dude jamming cereal into his face. <laughs>
2: Honestly, more terrifying than sword mouth Jesus. I like it. Yeah, yeah, right. Mouth Jesus. Spoon, spoon mouth. Similar. <laughs> spoon mouth Jesus. There you go. Spoon mouth I want. Uh, I want to get attacked by spoon mouth Jesus no, It's so bad. <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> All right, now for, it's time for the newsboys to come after us, guys. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Those here without the Lord is it nobody. It's a Newsboys concert <laughs> or a Newsboys radio. There's no one there without the Lord. But fine.
3: Oh, we're not going to go to a Newsboys concert ever? <laughs>
2: oh, oh okay. we, we, got, we will go to I think a I'm going to have
10: to go to a Newsboys concert at this point. I know like half their songs. <laughs> but home. only
2: if I get to Bugs Bunny and fuck the entire band. Oh, please. Thank you. What? How is I mean, Bugs they're on bunny? your celebrity list. Let's Bugs Bunny. Be put on Bugs a wig. Bunny fucks a lot of bands. Oh, uh, you're going to put on a... What? I, you're going to dress up like a girl, Bunny? Yeah. Heath. Google... Bugs Bunny gangbang right now, you'll find a lot of pictures. I Eli, will not. Are, if no. we're
10: being honest, you do not have to dress as anybody but yourself in order to fuck the newsboys. I, I guarantee. Aww,
2: see? This is love, That's everybody. Nice yeah, this, is. This, is this is the fun. real love. That's oh, yes. not lying. That's love. <laughs> Maybe okay. the newsboys want to fuck a rabbi. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, a- anyways, back to this. Those here without the Lord, how do you cope? With the song?
10: Good question. <laughs> yeah. Very good question.
2: For this morning, we don't mourn like those who have no hope. Wow. Okay. They actually had a hate verse in here. Mm. How do you cope with being Jewish? That must be hard. We better write a verse about that. And honestly, if hope means a song about cereal when your friend dies, I'm a fucking (laughs) Kafka protagonist, my friends, and I'm okay with it. Right. And also, they're saying we're actually pretty fucking happy our friend died, so we wrote a cereal song. He's going to heaven because he had that good (laughs) Christian check, so great. He's dead. I love it. (laughs) Oh, rise up, Fruit Loop lovers. Jesus. Sing out sweet and low. (laughs) With spoons held high, we bid our brother cheerio. (laughs) First of all, amazing pun. Fantastic. But I really want a video of this so we could watch them, quote, Holding their spoons high oh. and just like spilling all over the
10: place. Like fucking okay. end of Harry Potter.
2: Now, this is not in the notes because I wanted mm. to save this as a as a surprise for you, Heath Enright. But when we are done with this recording, you can catch the seven minute long <gasps> live performance. Absolutely not. Of this at oh. a Newsboys concert where. Oh, oh, I'm going to watch So this. much better than them all holding the spoons up. One poor, deluded asshole in the audience brought a spoon with him oh, to this no. news concert. <laughs> oh, no.
9: Takes it out.
2: <laughs> and in, I can only imagine the camera cuts away because he slits his throat with it, realizing <laughs> oh, what he's oh, done. God. It's pretty great.
1: <laughs> that is so good.
2: A guy brought a spoon to hold up high for that one tiny little, Yes, you did, so yes, he could he have did. A prop. Mm-hmm. There's crazy. also a kid with a cereal box at one point who hands him a cereal box oh from the God. audience. And the guy's like, yeah, cereal. Oh, I don't have anything, no space work to do with this. So he just like gently puts it down. He <laughs> <it's> pretty great. <laughs>
10: I've
2: watched that live performance a bunch of times.
10: That's amazing. Well, this is the ultimate shit tip song. Yes. We got Fruit Loops. We got the sweet and low. We got Cheerios. We got Eggs are soft. It's it. Cecil would be proud.
2: Oh, absolutely. They came up with "We bid our brother cheerio,"
10: mm-hmm.
2: and they wrote this entire breakfast song around it, just mm-hmm. yep, so that they could have that line. Yeah, hundred percent,
10: absolutely.
2: And again, just to be clear, the message of their song is because we believe in God, we don't <laughs> even care our friend is dead.
10: <laughs> it sounds like
2: a cool belief system, guys. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that's the message.
10: The worst.
2: Alright, well, from there, we get another amazing chorus. Oh. And then we get a whistling chorus, which was fucking
1: a horrifying.
10: Whistling <laughs> chorus? Do you remember when the song started out in. C sharp minor. You, do you remember that 90 smash of guitars? Not at the beginning. Halfway through the first verse, because they're too cool to start with that. They got to give you like a little teaser first. Do you remember the ashes of a dead friend? Now we're whistling in A major. I'm sorry. Do I have to take that again? Because I was clapping.
2: God damn it! And nobody. They, so you got to be really fucking good to have whistling happen in successful harmony. Oh. They are not. No. no. It's so rough. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then after the whistling chorus, that's a real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. After that, we actually get a really interesting close. Mm. They repeat the original chorus again Ooh. as it fades out. Oh. So, Anna, uh, musically speaking, how does that kind of ending add to the ah. artwork, in your opinion?
10: Yes the fade-out ending. I like to call that the parade ending. Like, the band is slowly walking away from you and off to have a cooler party somewhere else. But unlike the Beatles' Hey Jude or Prince's, you got the look. I have never been happier I wasn't invited to this party. Yeah. Like, that's cool. You take your cereal and get out of my face. Prince and
2: all the dead Beatles are furious about being involved in this segment right now. Yeah.
10: And the live ones,
2: too. (laughs) Yeah, Paul's not happy either. Big listener. (laughs) Loves our show. Big fan. All right, well, that's the fucking song. So let's put it in context. If you were a DJ at a party, Mm. where does Mm. this fit on your playlist? What goes before and after Breakfast Mm -hmm. by Newsboys? Ooh, okay. I'm going to say that the before is... I'm serious, you all have to leave now or I'm going to start playing the <laughs> newsboys over the loudspeaker. <laughs> and my after would be the blissful silence of everyone being gone. Okay.
10: Oh, that's okay, that's a fun that's party. That's great. Uh, see, mine is similar. I'd say this has the potential to be great for a really good I'm breaking up with you playlist. Mm. So you start yeah, with okay. the classic Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie.
3: Mm-hmm, perfect.
10: If they don't get the hint... You scare them off with this monstrosity, and then if they still don't get the hint, follow that up with somebody that I used to know by What's-His-Face.
6: Yep, sure.
2: Yep. Love it. Yeah. Just holding up a giant boombox <laughs> out of somebody's window playing this song.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: All right. And uh, let's get an official rating from you guys, too. How many mm. stars out of ten are you giving the song? Oh, I'm gonna go with as many as will fall out of the sky during the apocalypse
5: here. <laughs> That's accurate. Okay.
10: See, see as a budding connoisseur of Christian music, uh, I would say that this isn't that bad actually. There, there weren't many fake instruments in the background. You could tell they actually used a metronome when they recorded it, unlike a lot of the soundtracks <laughs> of the movies you guys watch. And it only made my son cry once. Huh. Which is better than, you know, the veggie tails ever did. So, uh, okay. yeah, I'm going to say five out of ten.
3: All right.
2: So you want to leave the newsboys with the breakfast, breakfast club
10: clothes? Oh, uh, go fuck yourself. No. I'm glad your friend died.
2: <laughs> mm. Okay. Yes, we're not going to do that. Well, there's no way we're letting the newsboys have the last word musically or otherwise. So we had our crack songstress put mm. together her own take on the subject mm-hmm. of breakfast. Evangelism, Anna.
10: Yes,
12: you.
2: Would you care to hit it?
10: Yes, I would, he. Yes, I
11: would.
2: Fantastic. Add
11: the milk and add the sugar. This coffee's getting cold. Waiting for you to finish talking to me like I'm five years old. I'm a little old. Some marks of the beat a.m. i like to finish my whole I'm I'd like to finish my bacon My hash brown and my toast Without being bothered by the Father, Of the Son, or the Holy Ghost I believe the world's in trouble And there's a lot that we could do But it's not gonna happen by worship a 2,000-year-old Jew When the Jesus lovers try to make the orange juice, gonna need me some fruit toast, the way you're horny for this execution's really kind of gross, I understand you think you're saving me from living my life in sin, and after I die you'll see me up in the sky for one final cosmic win, can we talk about anything else besides your mission from Jesus to true truth, cause if I have to hear much more of this I'm going to lose my fucking fruit loops, when Jesus, the Jesus Try to make a shudder. wheel
0: We return our seats to their upright position. I want to remind our patrons to be on the lookout for the link to the pajama party. If it hasn't already gone out, it's going to go out in the next day or so. We're all going to be doing a Patreon-only live stream where we'll be taking your questions, playing games, singing, dancing. Who the hell even knows what? We're going to figure it out as we go. It's going to be a ton of fun, and all the patrons are invited. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand-new episode of our sister show's Hot Friend, god of Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I need to thank Keith Enright in advance for giving me and Lucinda the better room at the Airbnb. Trust me, we land way earlier than him. He will. I need to thank Eli Bosnick in advance for letting me pinch his baby's cherubic little cheeks. I want to thank the lovely and talented Lucid Illusions in advance for putting up with me for yet another trip. I need to thank Tim Robertson for all his hard work helping us get in this trip together. I need to thank Morgan Clark for doubling up on a bunch of editing so he could be with us this week. I want to thank Andrew Torres in advance for keeping Eli out of jail, given the scale of the pranks that he's been threatening us with. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's best people, the people who gave us money. Can't do it by name because I'm recording this outro in advance, but I'll be sure to fill in the blanks next week. Likewise, I will thank this week's Farnsworth Potter next week as well. And if you would like to hear your name alongside theirs and get a last-second invite to the Pajama Party livestream, you can make a per-episode donation at Patreon.com/Scathing Atheist, where by you earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at ScathingAtheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but you're saving all your money to bail me out of prison after my return flight, I get it—airports suck, and I'm an angry person. But you can also help a ton in the meantime by leaving us five-star review telling you about the show and following at t Pod on Twitter. The legal services for this podcast are provided by offices of Andrew Torres. Tim Robinson handles our social media, and our audio is Martin Clark, posts wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used for permission. If you have questions, comments, or doubts, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at com.
10: Okay, now I'm just picturing Judd Nelson flirting at scotillion. Yep, that
8: is an excellent <laughs>
1: image. Okay.
0: The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.
8: Warning: We haven't gotten any less vulgar since last week.
0: This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by IP Vanish and by the new pain reliever for Christians who try to argue with a well-informed atheist: Tylenol Almighty. Tylenol Almighty putting the jesus back in anal jesus and now the scathing atheist toch
4: shong och pongwij e queer explaining roogmoets vechinmoch edge kapu lopu lamku tsachpedge lo ma
0: It's August 12th.
2: And it's National Middle Child Day. And uh, to celebrate, nobody cares about you.
0: <laughs> it, it hurts, but it's true. I'm no illusions. <laughs> I'm Eli
2: Bosnick. I'm Heath Henright. And from Samuel Alitos, New Jersey, Cincinnati Red State, and Redtown Blue State, this. Is the skating atheist of this week's episode? Christians continue their war against free, not dying juice. (sighs) Jesus comes back to buy a motorcycle and then leaves again right away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Don Ford will be here to ramp up the sexual tension once again. But first, the diatribe. Well, it was good while it lasted. I guess it's time for us to soak up those last few drops of atheism before it all comes crashing down. And I'd say that only counts if you're listening to this show before 2 p.m. on Thursday, but you kind of have to be because at 2 p.m. Eastern time today, Christians across the globe are going to join together and pray us out of existence. So, yeah, this may or may not be a thing. It showed up as a Facebook Live alert uh, like a week and a half ago, and the website it points to is called Atheism Hoax. And it has a hodgepodge of obviously satirical shit and non-satirical bad argumentation. But it's all very much geared towards the fuck atheists crowd. The satirical stuff is like atheists deny gravity after learning it was discovered by a Christian. And sneezing atheists sues co-worker for assault after they say God bless you. And no, by the way, I did not pick his worst attempts at humor. Those were just the first two that came up. Of course... The cynical conclusion here is that he's genuine in his fuck-atheist desires, but lazy enough to use satire to lubricate his bullshit. It's a defense tactic in case he ever needs to back away from something he claimed without admitting that he was wrong. It was meant to satire as a bad idea panacea in these guys' minds, but regardless of its origin or its intent it's actually attracted an awful lot of genuine Christians who genuinely want to invoke God's magic to genuinely wipe us the fuck out. Because there's virtually nothing so blatantly awful that you'd look at it and go, not Christians. Now, the first takeaway from this to consider is what it says about society's prejudice against atheists. Facebook is a platform that will literally delete your comment if you spell out the Farnsworth quote because filthy monkey men could be a racial epithet and yet their community standards have no issue at all with using their site to organize an attempted magical genocide if your target is atheists. I mean, I I get they're doing this shit with bots, but I feel like a global prayer to end Judaism or a a global prayer to end Hispanics would have gotten the boot. Of course, somebody did come up with a global middle finger to end Christianity and counterposted this shit, and that hasn't been taken down, so maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. And if the blatant bigotry doesn't offend you, perhaps the redundancy will. But there's no fucking need to specifically pray atheists out of existence. Just pray for anything. If it works, you pretty much do away with atheism as a byproduct. Pray for an end to childhood cancer or a cure for blindness or a regrown limb on an amputee. If you can do that in a verifiable way, you'll get rid of almost all the atheists right away and you get to cure childhood cancer or whatever. But beyond the bigotry of the bad strategy, it also inadvertently highlights just how wrong they are. Because if prayer worked, why wouldn't we have been prayed out of existence by now? Like, if you think about it, God not existing is the less embarrassing option for them at this point. Uh, The other possibility is that they're losing a fight to a significantly smaller group of people even though their side has magic powers and our side doesn't. What kind of bumbling fucking idiot would their god have to be to fuck things up that bad? Now, don't get me wrong, the whole god is omnipotent but he's a fucking nun's theory would explain a lot. We're talking about a guy who spent the first nine or ten books of his Bible trying to convince a small tribe of desert nomads that he existed and other gods didn't and, with a few notable and temporary exceptions... (laughs) failed. Or, or or maybe God is omnipotent and he's smart, but they're such a bunch of fuck-ups that they never quite get the spell right. right. Christians do love to talk about what a bunch of worthless, undeserving pieces of shit they are, and it's one of the few places where I can find common ground with them, to be honest with you. But even though that would explain a lot too, oh yeah, well, I'm inferior to you, isn't much more of a burn than, oh yeah, well, I'm deluded and demonstrably wrong. So I don't think they're going to use that one either. Now, In the interest of intellectual integrity, I should caveat all of this by reminding everybody that I'm recording this the day before the prayer to end atheism. So, on the record, if me and all the other atheists disappear, die, or convert by 2.01 p.m., or, sorry, it's going to take a while to do the prayer. I'll give God a minute to warm up. Let's say 2.30 p.m. So, if by 2.30 p.m. all the atheists stop existing, I disavow the preceding diatribe and every other defense of atheism I've ever put on the record. But something tells me you're not going to find any Christians willing to take the other side of that bet, though. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the lights and camera to my action, Heath Enright and Eli bosnick Fellas, Are we ready to move to a visual medium or what?
2: Uh, I'm, uh, I'm dancing. I'm dancing now. Everybody, uh, I'm doing a really cool dance. Said like a man who got his teeth back, no illusions. Some of, us, some of us can't just put a little cream on something and then go back to our handsome selves.
0: And just so it's clear, by the way, that was a reference to the pajama party live stream that we did for our listeners. Ooh. We were almost able to keep a camera focused for most of a live stream. I think we're ready to go. <laughs> I think we're ready for it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're ready.
2: And in our lead story tonight, Religion ruins everything. Yes, it does. But you know what? Sometimes I worry we're being too hard on religion for the ruining of everything. Are we? You know, most of the time it's minor stuff, like eh, little things. Ruining scientific progress, promoting bigotry, teaming up with the uh, supply-side economics people.
1: Major stuff. It's only
2: a small part of everything, if you think about it. But now they are ruining our perfectly good global pandemic. Now And... The self-proclaimed lead counsel for American religion is apparently Matt Staver of Liberty Council. Oh, fuck that guy. Uh, Yeah, fuck that guy indeed. And his latest attempt at ruining our pandemic involves a giant anti-vax campaign full of very obvious lying. Also, according to Staver, vaccines are just like the Holocaust. (sighs) There it is. Our job over the last five years has basically just been lying under a giant piece of sky that has crushed us to death. Well, people tell us that Chicken Little could have been way nicer about it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we heard from Matt Staver most recently. And if you guys notice anything that's not just like the literal Holocaust, just go ahead and jump in. I'll start with his recent blog post comparing vaccine requirements to the experiments of Doctor Mengele, the Angel of Death, oh, on ooh. prisoners at
0: concentration camps.
2: Okay, there were no blogs in the Holocaust. Am I good? Am okay. I starting?
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, Jesus Christ. but they both have doctors, so it's pretty much the same thing.
2: That's, That's true. true. <laughs> yeah, so a few days after blog a cost. I figured you might. That was for blog a cost right Go there. That yep, for <laughs> cool. So <laughs> a few days after that post, Staver joined David Brody, some fucking Christian asshole, on his. Very real television show on the Real America's Voice network. So, you know, real right there in the title. Yeah, it's real. no, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it sounds real to me. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how vaccine regulations are a violation of federal law. Why? Great question. According to Brody, quote. So why? <laughs> well, because it would violate a little thing called the Nuremberg Code. That's a, it's a little thing in his head. The code is mentioned on the FDA website, not pizzagate.com or conspiracy.net. The Nuremberg Code emphasizes that people cannot be forced to take experimental drugs without their full consent, end quote. I did think it was weird that I just woke up with that nurse practitioner plugging Moderna into my mm-hmm. arm. So mm-hmm. now that he mentions it, yeah.
0: leave it to Matt fucking Staver to have me mentally adding unfortunately to clauses from the fucking <laughs> code,
1: <laughs> code, right? Code.
5: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Insane.
1: So from
2: there, Staver decided to bring up the VARES log mm-hmm. that's used by the C D C. That's the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And staver claims the COVID vaccine is responsible for about half a million adverse reactions, including tens of thousands of people being hospitalized and about 12,000 fatalities. And um, I guess when you add all that up, uh, it's about the amount of death from the Holocaust. <laughs> the <other time. laughs> also, the VAERS log, it's just people fucking naming stuff. Yep. It's not vetted. People get a vaccine and then... Somewhere later, anywhere in the time dimension, they get sick and they go on the VAERS log and they're like, ah, I had an adverse reaction to the vaccine, right? And that's if that's true, right? right? The yeah. Vereslog log is famously overrun by trolls, spies, and liar like Matt Staver. It's like saying your source for election information is Facebook. You know what? Never oh, mind. Yeah, no, Twitter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it continues. Staver just recently put out a six-part anti-vaxxer podcast series along with. Doctor, asterisk, Peter McCullough, asterisk, technically a doctor, but highly discredited. And <laughs> according to technically, Dr. McCullough, the American vaccination program is, quote, propagandized bioterrorism by injection, which is kind of interesting because lots of sane people are calling anti-vaxxers propagandized bioterrorists by refusal <laughs> of injection and mm-hmm. then plaguing in public. Yeah. Now, yeah. just for the record... Baylor University's Medical Center is currently suing McCullough for saying the name of their institution anywhere near his name or anywhere near his ideas. They have an official separation agreement with that guy that says he is not allowed to claim any affiliation with their real medicine thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, a few of my exes have done the same thing. I get it. Right. Just in boilerplate.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Dr. McCullough, and like, he is from Pizzagate.com and Conspiracy.net. That's a <laughs> sure funny is. fucking thing.
2: <laughs> he sure
0: yep. is. Yep. Okay. All that is terrible,
2: but most importantly, Matt Staver spells his name with one T. So
0: fuck you.
1: Absolutely. You no.
0: Know, so I always assumed that this was like the Baylor thing. Like he—he's such a disgrace that one fourth of his first name sued to not be associated <laughs> with him or something. <laughs> it was like that.
2: <laughs> and next up in headlines. We have some very exciting news. If you're one of those people who's getting a little impatient waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ, <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs>
2: and it comes from an attorney and board-certified prophet. What? What board? Go fuck yourself. His name is <laughs> Manuel Johnson of Mega Praise Ministries. They're uh, they're actually a pretty solid. Ministry. I mean, there are no gig appraise ministries. You know, orders of magnitude better than kill appraise. Oh ministers. yeah, absolutely. Well, here's the big news. Jesus is back. He's sharing a, a, a payment plan for a motorcycle with Manuel Johnson. And Johnson has a painting to prove it. What? Because, you know, they say paintings are get the fuck out. So, <laughs> he's proven
3: it.
0: Oh, it's uh, circling back. I want to be super clear with everybody. Um, Head Praise ministries is not part of the unit prefix thing. They're just child molesters, right? Yeah, They're not that's
2: a, an important note. And they prefer the Catholic Church. Yes, they, like, yeah. they have
0: their own name,
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, so here's the story from Johnson. This happened to him last week, so uh, kind of the opposite of prophecy. Really? Think about it. At times tricky, I get it. <laughs> According to Johnson, he was up on a mountain somewhere, and here's what happened. Quote, the voice comes. He says, my son, go get our bike. Go get our bike, not your bike. So it wasn't just about me. I just broke down, just broke down right there at the foot of the mountain. Go get our bike? Go get our bike? Yes. And when the Lord directed me to the bike, there was a BMW. He he was there for the whole process of purchasing it. Oh, okay. And when when he rode on. <laughs> When he rode on that bike with me, oh, my God, that was a greater opportunity than my visitations to heaven,
0: end of quote. Jesus told me to buy this motorcycle. That is my favorite example of (laughs) committing to the lie you told your spouse since the virgin birth.
2: (laughs) Okay, he says that God was there the whole time. Do you think he, like, shopped, like he's walking around, and he's like, oh, yeah, Yamaha. No, no, God wants a Harley. Oh, oh wow, those prices are high. God will settle for a BMW. <laughs> yeah. No, God does not want the extended warranty. Don't pitch God on the extended warranty. Yeah. God's not a patriot, doesn't buy American, boo. So, <laughs> few important takeaways here besides the fact that God is not a patriot from America. First of all, Jesus can't just create a motorcycle. Right. Like, no. He goes to the motorcycle store and... Haggles the (laughs) price just like everyone else. looks at his financing options, (laughs) checks his financing, and he kind of needs a buddy to go with him to the store for confidence.
0: (laughs) Clearly he needs a co-signer.
2: Yeah, but if you think this is just a giant lie because Johnson has to tell a new story each time he goes on one of these stupid fucking shows, uh, go fuck yourself, there's a painting. Some random guy in Florida got in touch with Johnson and said, Hey, just uh, nothing. I have a painting for you in case you have to prove a story about Jesus riding on the back of your sweet BMW motorcycle. I'd like to give you this painting. And Johnson was like, wow, that's actually super convenient right now. I will use that for my dumb interview next week. Okay. Podcast listener. Heath has included a picture of this. Let's go ahead and call it a painting in our notes. <laughs> and if the artist of this painting wasn't going, veer, veer, the entire time he painted it, <laughs> I will eat my own balls. <laughs> There's no way. If you asked the guy about it, he wouldn't be able to He No chance he wouldn't be like, Bruh. sorry. I, yeah, no, I have to do the
4: sound effects.
2: And in Do You Believe in Magic News. There are a few things better than life's simple pleasures. A brisk walk on a spring day, a hot cup of coffee, and in our case, here the Scathing Atheist, a frivolous Christian lawsuit. Well, get cozy, you lucky ducks, because this week an Orthodox Christian woman in Russia is suing McDonald's <laughs> for being so tempting and delicious that she broke her fast for Lent. Oh, Jesus. And now she's going to burn in hell forever. No. Okay, just... Get the fries and a chocolate shake. You're good. That's basic strategy. You don't have to get meat there. Right.
0: Because after a McDonald's milkshake, you're going to be shitting until Lent ends. (laughs) And you can't break your fast while You're in a McDonald's bathroom. Exactly. I love
2: McDonald's shakes.
0: So, according to the lawsuit, plaintiff Kaseva Okchikinovich Nokneva,
2: whose name I'm allowed to mispronounce and make fun of because she's white and Russian, Russia's still fair game, I think you got it right, had managed to abstain from meat for almost the traditional six weeks of Lent, leading up to Easter, but then she saw an ad for McDonald's burgers and fries and quote, when I saw an advertising banner, I could not help myself. I visited McDonald's and bought a cheeseburger, end <laughs> quote. Okay. I just feel like St. Peter's can be even judgier if she
0: gets the filet of fish. Yeah. Nice like, the around. <laughs> <fucking laughs> gross. Can you imagine if they lost this lawsuit and they had to make a McDonald's cheeseburger like less appetizing? <laughs> oh, That's a lab accident away from a supervillain origin story right there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: They thought to make a burger uglier than I. (laughs) So, according to Fox News, she has sued the restaurant for breaking consumer protection laws and insulting her religious feelings. And she has sued them for 1,000 rubles, which is about $14. So... I guess she doesn't have super strong religious feelings. Um, (laughs) It's unclear what she's putting a low value on here. Her immortal soul, I think, yeah. (laughs) $14. So Okay, McDonald's needs to start giving out one free indulgence for every $14. There you (laughs) you go. Yes. Good marketing campaign. Happy meal. New toy. One last thing about this story, in the name of good skepticism, I should point out that this story was first reported by Russian state media, which is... Not known for being incredibly reliable, especially when those stories make their way to the mainstream media via Fox News. So yeah. as much fun as it is to laugh at this lady, if next week we find out that like, you know, the Ukraine is being annexed on behalf of McDonald's
0: because of this, just <laughs> don't, don't say I didn't warn you. All right. And speaking of Russia and the internet, it's time for a word from this week's sponsor, IP Vanish. And
2: so I said, "I'm sorry. I thought this was supposed to be a vampire-themed party." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get where
3: you're coming from, but I also definitely would have called the cops.
2: See, that's what they said.
3: <laughs> huh? That's that's really weird. What?
2: What's weird? Oh, it's just um, I was searching for a toaster the other day, and now like all my ads are about toasters. Oh, yeah. That's because uh, social media websites track your internet activity. What? No, they do they? Yeah, they have access to pretty much everything you're logged into using their service. And what they don't have access to, they buy in bulk metadata. Like They even read your emails. They read my emails? Well, They apply machine learning to your emails in bulk so that they can sell you ads for things that you mention in your emails. Okay, is there a way to turn that just off? Yeah, yeah. You can go through a series of more and more gray boxed options to turn that stuff off at least partially. Or you could get vanish.
3: Oh, what's... IP Vanish.
2: IP Vanish is a virtual private network, a VPN for short. A VPN is an important tool that helps you safely browse the Internet. You can use your VPN on your computers, tablets, phone, even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted, what you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing. Okay, that sounds good, I guess. But is it like super expensive? Actually, for listeners of the show, IPVanish is offering an incredible 65% off their annual plan, equal to six months free. IPVanish is super easy to use. You turn it on with the click of a button. It runs seamlessly in the background, helping to protect you while you're browsing the web. And if you do run into a problem, no worries. IPVanish has 24/7 support available by email, chat, and telephone. All right, where do I sign up? Just go to IPVanish.com slash scathing and claim your 65% savings. Their annual plan is just $44.99 for the first year with our exclusive discount. This is the time to sign up. With our discount and their current promotion, you can get a VPN for 65% off their usual offering. IPVanish is the best of the best, even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot, and that's with more than 6,000 reviews. Remember, it's IPVanish.com slash scathing to get the deal and start protecting yourself online. Nice. So do
3: you have IP vanish?
2: No, I actually don't mind big tech knowing what I want every second of the day. I mean, look at this ad I just got. Yikes. Okay. Wow. Can, can you even sell that online? Legally? Yeah. With carefully worded language in your ad. Yeah. You can, you can. Uh, I'm just going to go wash my eyes out.
0: You just get an ad for an eye wash station? Yep. Yep. Just got it. Yep. And we're back. Next up in headlines in Conversion 2.0 news tonight. New Jersey has given me the hard sell, and it has been for a while now. First, they became the home of Eli's baby and his magnificently hemispherical cheeks. Then, in February, they legalized weed. And after just having me for a lovely week of gorgeous weather and delightful company, they followed up this week by finding a conversion therapy program $3.5 million for existing in their state. <laughs> or oh sorry actually they were fined $400,000 back in 2015 for existing the other 3.1 million is for still existing.
2: Great job Jersey. Come on people we have our own accent, which is just as dumb as the southern one, but still okay to make fun of.
0: What's not to love? <laughs> a, I pretty good stuff. The southern accent's still okay to make fun of. So, yeah, th- this story starts with a conversion therapy group called Jews Offering New Alternatives for Healing, or JONAH. <laughs> I feel like you avoid swallowing related acronyms. You, you, would think, yeah. you would think, but no. So so Jonah was found guilty of consumer fraud back in 2015 because they were selling conversion therapy, and that's not a thing. They told potential clients that gayness was a mental disorder, not true, and that it could be cured, not true. And then they charged them upwards of $10,000 each to do so. And it turns out that, and I swear this is really part of their therapy, stripping groups of men naked and telling them to beat up effigies of their mother does not make gay people straight.
2: What? Seriously? They
0: did that? Yeah. And lying to people about what you're selling them is at least selectively illegal so they were found guilty of fraud. Okay, what the fuck was the process to I
1: get there? Great no, question. <laughs>
2: Alright, this effigy pinata's not working so... <sighs> Naked? Same thing, naked? Uh, guys, I hate to contradict you on air, but I actually know a lot of gay guys who would love to get naked and beat up their moms. I mean, I'm not saying it would cure them. But I am saying we would sell out at least one session just for Uncle Mark over on the how to. Okay, Heretic, so I'm not right? saying they
0: wouldn't enjoy it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, at the time, the judge awarded the plaintiffs three point five million dollars in legal fees. But the plaintiffs agreed to accept four hundred thousand and call it even provided the defendants agreed never to promote conversion therapy again. So fast forward to twenty twenty one. Jonah has been redubbed with the phenomenally vague moniker, the Jewish Institute for Global Awareness. And if you're thinking, awareness of what? The Globe? The answer appears to be conversion and therapy. The courts yep. uncovered numerous emails after the agreement was signed where the guilty parties continued for years to recommend conversion therapy and follow up with the therapist to make sure they received their referral fees. <sighs> so now... According to that agreement, they have to pay the additional $3.1 million and also still stop fucking doing that.
2: (laughs) Good. And in my head, the prosecution is Joe Pesci the whole time. All the prosecutors in New Jersey, yep. Yeah, and what I'm hearing is that we need a sexually flexible person who passes for Jewish as part
0: of a multi-million
2: dollar sting. <laughs> and I am
0: in. I heard that too. Eli's been waiting a long time for this job to require him to strip naked and beat up an effigy of his mom, y'all. He's been looking forward to this.
2: One. Didn't even consider it as a Patreon goal this year, everybody. <laughs> Didn't
1: even consider it.
2: Eli's mom's delightful. That's My mom that's is true, delightful. That's true. <laughs> And in a whole new kind of fisting news. You know, there are many facets to our job of fighting theocracy. you got to keep folks informed about the creeping progress of theocratic legal movements like Project Blitz. We've got to highlight the worst parts of holy books nobody bothers to read. And this week, it's accurately describing the plot of a Muppet Babies episode because Christians (laughs) think it's trans propaganda. And you know what that means, Anna?
11: What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest,
2: Christian Freakout! That's right! This week's Christian Freakout is about the Muppet Babies. Specifically, an episode where Gonzo dresses up like a princess. Even though the other Muppet Babies tell him he has to dress up as a knight because he's a boy. What the And f- if you're a Christian, and a fucking crazy person, <laughs> that's pushing the trans agenda. Okay. So, just to be clear, some... Ridiculous Christian bigots had a meeting that started with, okay, so Gonzo was obviously born with a baby muppet penis, and uh, (laughs) I think we might have a problem. Okay, so before we get to the nutbags and the fun, I just want to take a second to clarify that Gonzo is not actually non-binary or trans now or in the episode. And look, I'm not just saying that because it would conflict with the Muppet Babies fan fiction that I've already written. Like a lot. Yeah, exactly. But it's not because of that. That is besides the point. No, I'm pointing that out because when we apply these labels to characters when that's not what creators intend, it lets those creators off the hook for not including those things in their shows, right? Right. Kids television should include trans and non-binary folk, and we shouldn't have to finagle a script in our heads to make that happen.
0: Yeah, well, and and for the record, the Christians are going to freak the fuck out regardless, so this is a damned-if-you-don't, damned-if-you-don't situation. Makes it kind (laughs) of obvious which way to go. Exactly.
2: So let's get to the fun stuff, starting with the one, the only, Monica Cole. Ooh, ooh. Head of the fractionally named one million moms, whose current Twitter following is four thousand one hundred and forty four. <laughs> Here's what everyone's favorite sugar influencer <laughs> had to say about the episode. Quote influencer. That's good shit. This is outrageous that Disney Jr. is normalizing gender dysphoria to young children. With such a liberal push in children's entertainment, it's obvious where Disney Junior stands. Parents who are not already aware of the network's agenda, please be forewarned now. End quote. Okay, their focus is insane. If you want to complain about Gonzo being inappropriate for kids, maybe mention that his face is literally made of a cock and balls, and that's it. There you go. I mean, that's also dumb, but way less dumb. Like, if Joe Camel is part of a Happy Meal... It's the giant penis face and the cigarettes for kids that's the problem. And they're just like, he's got a pink stripe on his shirt. <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> yeah. Love a good Christian freakout, even when the inclusivity they're freaking out about is in their heads. That said, if someone could let it slip to Monica Cole and the folks at OAN that Steven Universe exists, we would
0: really appreciate it for the job security. Oh, yeah. Everybody just, you know, slide that <laughs> under the door. <laughs> and... Finally tonight, in wholly owned subsidiary news, (laughs) the only thing more fun than watching an overtly religious theme park benefiting from blatantly prejudicial tax credits of dubious legality die is watching it die slowly, and that's why I'm (laughs) thrilled to add yet another chapter to the slow and painful demise of the Holy Land Experience theme park in Orlando. This is the best. Yeah. So good. So... While you reorient yourself from thinking this story was going to be about Ken Ham's Ark Encounter theme park. I did think that and I was so mad. Right. And and while you recover from the sudden knowledge that you're aware of multiple overtly religious theme parks benefiting from blatantly prejudicial tax credits of dubious <laughs> legality, I'll let you know that the Holy Land Experience has a new owner after Trinity Broadcasting sold it for five million dollars less than they paid for it in two thousand seven. <laughs> That's
2: amazing. So they literally paid someone More than $5 million to throw out their stupid fucking Bible garbage. Yep. That's what happened. That's just math. That's literally what happened. It's closer to six and a
0: half when you account for inflation, yeah.
2: Yeah, and got them one day closer to the day the price goes low enough that they sell it to us for our anti-biblical theme park.
0: (laughs) I think we're going to do pretty well. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. So pin the cross on the Jesus. I I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. A lot of cool stuff. So the park, which desperately wants for attention within the shadow of Disney World, was originally opened in 2001 and started losing money right away. Its main attractions were Bible-themed museums and live reenactments of, let's face it, the least interesting Bible stories to reenact. Over the next six years, the park amassed debts at the range of $8 million, despite a law signed by then-Governor Jeb Bush that exempted all nonprofit organizations from property taxes If they displayed information about the Bible. What? Yeah. So in 2007, that's still a law, by the way, in Florida. So in 2007, Trinity Broadcasting bought the park for $37 million, and despite opening up a few new attractions, including a, I shit you not, Jesus-themed mini golf course called Trinity. They don't even they, That's so awful. Mini yeah. golf doesn't have tees. Right, exactly, no. it makes no fucking sense. So, but TVN continued racking up debts with it, because even if Disney World wasn't right fucking there, that would still be a boring, stupid place that nobody would want to <laughs> go to.
2: Okay. I think I'd honestly rather visit the Holy Land theme park than Disney World. No. You're wrong. You're wrong. Family. Everyone not loves all. Disney. All so humans Disney love Disney. It's a fucking nightmare. You're wrong. I'll take you there with my wife. I like some of their products, but Disney World, you're going to love it. I'm going to awesome. take you there against it, your will.
3: Yep. Absolutely not going.
2: Also, anywhere to, if those Jesus-themed mini-golf figures are for sale, I have... Uh, other uses for
0: them. Da, you know. it, move Anyway, uh, we were delighted to report. I'm going to, fuck that them. We knew yep. what you were going to do it. with them. We were delighted to report back <laughs> on episode 367 that the Holy Land experience was laying off the bulk of their workforce, shutting down their library enactments and only keeping their museums open long enough to benefit from that property tax exemption. And this week, it looks like the final nail has finally found its way into the park's coffin as TBN just offloaded the park to a Seventh-day Adventist healthcare company called Advent Health, which apparently intends to turn that land into a new healthcare center, which, and how terrifying is this, will probably have to pay more in property taxes than the useless fucking park did. (laughs) No word on on whether the health center is going to bring back the live reenactments of the crucifixion, but it's Seventh-day Adventist, so I'm not going to rule it out. Yeah, and now that it's owned
2: by Advent Health, they're going to include a station of the cross where someone explains to Jesus that none of this is
0: covered.
1: Yeah, right. the most tragic one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so while we find a violin small enough to play for the Holy Land experience, we're going to close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Holy in one. There you go. Okay, that's pretty fucking good. And when we come back, we'll don some Ford.
2: Hey, podcast listener, do you like Magic? Have you ever considered what life is like behind the red sequined curtain? Well, then have i got a book recommendation for you. How Magicians Think by Joshua J. Josh is a world champion magician, creator, and consultant who's done everything from fooling Penn and Teller to serving as a judge at the Magic Olympics. And now he's written a book all about what it's like to be a magician. And I helped. But by which I mean I, Eli, helped. Also, I mentioned in the book, which is very nice of him to do that. Anyways, if you want an incredible peek into the world of magicians, you can follow the link in the show notes or just Google how magicians think. But act fast. They're only printing a limited run of copies. So get yours before they disappear. Because
0: <laughs> it's magic. OK, back to the podcast.
1: So you guys wanted to see me?
0: Yeah, Don. Thanks for coming in early. Um, So, you know, we're recording this Bible piece theater as a get ahead, right? Oh, yeah, you guys are doing, like, a break vacation thing, right?
2: Yeah, so Heath has a little bit of a a problem when it comes to get-aheads. If you don't mention it, he's fine, but if he's thinking about the fact that it's a get-ahead, he gets a little into his own skull, and he gets super topical in his humor. Oh, come on, Eli, I'm sure he'll be fine. Hey, guys, what's up? Who's going to be fine? What are you talking about?
0: Nobody will be fine.
2: Uh, Kang the Conqueror. Don is worried he won't be a good villain because he's so integral to a bunch of early comics that don't really apply to a post-Endgame Marvel Cinematic oh. Universe.
0: Okay. Uh no
3: no these guys are worried that if you know that this record
7: is a get-ahead, you're wait, wait, gonna wait, get ahead wait wait wait
2: this is a fucking get ahead yeah, yeah. Kang the yep yeah it's a get ahead ah see he's fine now why don't you guys do a little banter before Noah comes in and it starts the segment okay uh sure so keith i was july going to say, 21st is today today is july 21st god damn is it don don okay okay that one's my bad so where were we july 21st cincinnati ohio is nope, me. in in the bible where were we in the bible
0: yeah we we were still in second samuel absalom had murdered his brother for raping his sister yeah, we learned that a lot of our listeners like Supernatural. So many! Oh, I even got a death threat. So, yeah, so Absalom is still mad that his dad was mad at him and plots to turn the people of Jerusalem against his father.
7: Hi, welcome to Jerusalem. I'm the king's son, Absalom. Oh, um, hello. So, so what brings you to town? Yeah,
3: so, I'm here to see the king about a land dispute... And I'm hoping that oh, maybe, Oh, the uh, king,
7: yes, such that. a jerk. Such a jerk. Let me tell you, I, if I, mean, if I were the king, I would totally be on your side, but mm. just so you know, he's probably not going to be on your side. Right. But you haven't even heard my dispute yet. So, right. But, well, but you have a great face. You know, I just, I trust your face. Huh. If I were king, you would get whatever you wanted based just on your face. Just on my face. I mean, I do have a great
3: face. So, see, that tracks, I guess weird
0: so so absalom does this for 40 years and after 40 years i'm sorry wait he does this for 40 years yeah man i i, I guess he just goes around 40 every, years from
2: today is july 21st 2061 seriously I that mean, would be the date sorry sorry i remember
0: i remember right, it in my head yep right so so 40 years later he finally tries to take over
12: king david absalom is coming to take the city
0: Hmm, and he is... Uh,
12: your son, man, come on! Right,
9: yes, that is bad. Anyway, uh, let's gather up all the men and get out of here, huh? Did uh, wanna... what about your concubines? Eh, we can leave them in the house, right? What's the worst that could happen?
12: Uh, I mean, it's the Bible, and one concubine has already been cut into pieces already. David! And... Who's shy? What up? Feel like we should talk about the concubines, but no, 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 it's fine.
9: Hushai! Uh, Hushai, this is Joab. Joab, this is Hushai. He's my most hey. loyal servant.
12: I'm standing right here. Look,
9: look, Hushai, I know what you're here to say, but you can't come with me. You'd be a huge burden, and everyone
3: hates you. Oh, cool. cool. Well, yeah, great intro. Thanks for that. Uh, no, I was actually going to offer to stay here and spy for you. Oh. Oh, you were. Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, but then you insulted me and called me a huge burden as my introduction. I kinda... did,
1: yeah.
9: No, oh, but I, that's a great idea. You be a spy for me and let me know everything that's going on with uh, Shemalam.
12: Absalom. Yeah,
9: exactly, him, my son.
0: Okay. So David runs off into the hills where he's brought supplies by none other than Zeba, the son of Mishbosheth.
5: King David i have brought you supplies
0: fantastic
9: <laughs> thank you raisins awesome who who are you
5: i am Zeba,
1: the son of Mm the other son of saul
9: oh saul i remember because i fucked him uh i do not know a miso breath though
1: so mishpasheth he ate at your table
9: Oh, a lot of people ate at the old table. Uh,
1: he's lame in both legs.
9: Yes! Lame not lame guy.
1: Right. That's my father. Did
9: he tell you that I gave him that nickname at dinner? Because he's lame, uh-huh. but he's not lame.
1: Yes, yes, he told me.
9: Hey, 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 zebra. Zebra?
1: It's Zeba.
9: Right, right. Hey, so thank you for all you've done for me. I'm going to give you all the land of Saul's sons. That's for you now.
7: Uh, oh, okay. Um, I think I already have that because you already gave
1: it to my dad, Mishpachev, who, I should point out, is still alive, so...
9: So you're welcome, right? You got more land now. Okay. And then I was thinking maybe we'd get some, of um, some like, catapult things.
12: You know, do they sell those? I mean, we can build one. They don't sell
4: them. King David.
2: Oh, hey,
12: Shimei. That's
9: Shimei. He came with me out here into the desert, Joab. Fuck Shime. you, you fucking fuck.
12: Hey, that's not nice. Don't say that to King David. No, no, it's okay,
9: Joab. God curses me, so he probably should, too. You then-
0: fucking suck dragging me out of here in the middle of this dry-ass fucking desert for no reason. I can't get a drink of water or wash my fucking ass at all. Okay, wow. Really? I just, I just, I'm sitting yeah. I guess I just hope right. that God looks do down do on
9: my misfortune you know, sort of sees my switch. true repentance Nobody's and takes mercy this on me. Of
0: the
12: Does show? God do that, that sort of thing? I mean, historically, on in the book, he doesn't, but it. I figure it's worth
9: when a shot, right?
12: Show, oh, had had yeah. I mean, it can't hurt. Right. That and I'll, like,
9: tear my garments and make some sacrifices or something.
0: Yeah, like that's not a bad idea. Great British hey, uh, Joe. Was even in the fucking Bible? How long
9: has he been talking about me?
0: You uh, like talk for a about while. So fucking long. Fuck you. Meanwhile, back in Jerusalem, Absalom is getting some advice from his right-hand man Ahithophel and Hushai the spy.
7: All right, so I've had sex with all my dad's contrabines in front of the whole city. Uh, that was great advice, Sir fellow Great advice. Thank you. But I, 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 still have to kill my dad. So, what do you guys think? Gimme twelve strong men tonight. When David is weak and weary, I shall sneak upon him and kill him. Ooh, love that. Who is I? Uh, w- w- what do you, what do you think?
3: Eh, uh, I mean, David's pretty tough. That, I, I think you should bring the whole army
7: to kill him, you know, just in case. He's very tough.
3: Mm.
7: Or Twelve guys or, or a whole army? I, well, I feel like i got to go with the whole army, you know, just to be safe. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, Absalom, quick thing. If uh, if you don't take my advice, I'm going to go hang myself. Wow. Yikes.
3: Seems like a very severe overreaction just, wow. to what just happened.
7: Well, I will. You going to do my plan? Uh No? Well, fine. I'm hanging myself. Wait, wait, wait. Ahithophel. Yeah? You're a weird guy and your name is hard to pronounce. Ooh, harsh. Well, what's he gonna do? He's gonna hang himself twice? And so there's
0: a, there's a big bite, lots of people die, and Absalom gets his head stuck in a
7: tree. Absalom! Hey, uh, Joab, little help here.
12: what happened to you? I
7: was well, I was riding a mule and I uh, my head just got caught here.
12: That that seems really super unlikely. Okay, yeah,
7: but but you know well, well here I am though.
12: Uh okay, okay. All right, man, finish him off.
7: Uh I don't know.
12: What yeah. do you mean you don't know?
7: Well, uh here's the
3: thing. David said if we found him, don't kill him.
7: Take take time, guys, just Hanging by my head from a tree here, just you know.
12: Fine, fine. I'll do it myself. Give me those darts.
7: Ow! Are, are you dead? No, I'm, I'm, I'm still very much alive, but also now have darts in me. So, so, thanks for that.
12: Oh shit. Um, I'm sorry, guys. Can you finish him off, like just beat him to death or <sighs> something?
5: Fine, yes. Okay, sure. Ow, yeah.
7: But ow, ow. What am I? What am I? A fucking pinata? Don't. Don't any of you have a fucking sword. Ah, uh, no. I left mine at the oh, camp. But p- p- just okay, but just make it snappy, damn You make it get snappy. Doing our best. Ow! Ow! Ow!
9: Joab, finally. How did the battle go? Good. We won. Awesome. And how's uh, how's my son, who uh, you know started it?
12: Uh, yeah, the the son that was trying to kill you. Yeah. He he's dead. What?
9: No! Oh, that was my son! Oh, oh,
12: why couldn't it have been me? I mean, it it could have. Huh? I mean, this whole thing was because you ran away when your son tried to kill you. You could have just not run away, or hell, you could have just not been mad about him killing your other son, literally anything but what you did would have resulted in him still being alive, and... Now we've gotta go back to Jerusalem and make you king again, even though you ran away like a coward when your son tried to kill you. Oh. We do? Yeah, and I'm super duper gonna need you to focus up when we get there and act like a king, okay? Okay, okay. It's just,
9: you know. Loved him so much. He was my he's my son.
12: Uh-huh. What was his name again?
9: It was Ab. Uh... Abba? 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 Yeah, let's go back to Jerusalem.
12: That's what I thought.
9: People of Jerusalem, it is I, King David, and I
0: have returned. King David, uh, forgive me for telling you to go fuck yourself.
9: Of course, Shimei, You are forgiven. We all agree that that bit last month about the Great British Bake Off was very, very funny and worth it. I didn't say that.
1: And you forgive me for remaining in the city, right?
9: Totally. I understand why you had to do what you had to do, Fishbrotheth.
1: It's
12: Mishpashev.
9: I forgive you for not joining me. It's probably because you're lame in both legs. Both of them.
12: <sighs> no, actually, remember I sent my son with a bunch of supplies? Because for you, you
9: could not come yourself on your legs, which are lame. Both of them. <laughs> both at the same time. I totally understand. But... Just a heads up, I did promise your land to your son, so you guys can work that out, right?
1: I mean, he's my son, so it, it really kind of seems like you did absolutely nothing. Yeah, you're welcome, yeah. but
9: you, concubines. <sighs> uh, yes, King David? You guys got raped by my son, and that I do not forgive. So as punishment, what? I will never, ever fuck you guys again. You still get to live in the palace and have nice things, but no more King David dick for you guys. Oh, what a terrible punishment. Please don't not let us have sex with you, David. Yeah, well, you should have thought of that before my son raped you. I'm King David.
0: So with this house all sorted out, David just needs to fight off all the people who are still mad because he ran away from the city. Chief among them is Sheba, who says David sucks a dick, blows a trumpet, and then runs away.
12: Okay, men of Israel... You heard Noah's intro. Sheba has been talking a ton of shit, so we got to go kill him. Amasa, did you gather all the men that I asked you to three days ago?
3: Ooh, uh, yeah, Joab, uh, about that. I feel like that's not really in my purview. You know what I'm saying?
12: It's not in your purview? No,
3: it's not in my purview.
12: Okay, why didn't you say something when I asked you?
3: Well, we never confirmed by email, so...
12: Right, but we talked in person. Well,
3: I'm thinking maybe I could delegate this in a uh, managerial capacity to Abishai. Have you read Who Moved My Cheese by any chance?
12: In a managerial capacity. Yep, managerial. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Amasa, can I speak to you over here real quick?
3: Over here? Yep. Yeah. Uh, what's up?
12: I like your beard. Nice. Do you put oil in nope, this?
3: No, no. Uh, just shampoo and conditioner, actually.
12: Oh, cool, cool. Stab you. Oh.
3: Ah. Uh, I have feedback on the company culture.
12: Douchebag. an email. People of the city of Abel, prepare to be siege. Wait, wait, don't siege us. What do you want? The traitor Sheba dwells within your walls. We shall fight to the last man to bring him to justice. Okay, you don't have to do all that. Look here. There, see, Sheba's dead. All good, no need to invade. Wow, that was easy. Yep, all you had to do was ask to do was ask. All right. Lesson learned.
0: But just as soon as the last of David's enemies is dead, God creates a famine over the land, so he goes to talk to God about it.
9: Hi. Uh, God?
7: Yes, David.
9: I can't help but notice there's a bit of famine on the land. Uh, what, what's up with that?
7: Yes, I am mad at Saul for killing the Gibeonites.
9: Oh, wow. That was, like, a while ago. Like, that was, the, that was the last book of the
7: Bible. Still. it's You know, it's, it's been, like, really bothering me, and I just needed to get it out there. Okay. Uh Well, I could go
9: talk to the Gibeons and see what I can do to make amends. Would that make you happy? Maybe. Maybe?
7: I don't, I, I don't know if it'll make me happy.
9: You know, I hate to say this. You, you were more likable when we were doing your voice as Donald Trump. Right? Gibeon, thank you for coming. So I'm King David. God is mad that Saul killed you guys like 80 years ago. So how can I make it better? Well, Gibeon, the are you a good person? I mean, no, probably not. I the, like the last book. I was like totally okay with my concubines getting rigged so Ah oh, we are then we wanna hang Saul. I would be okay with that, but he is dead. Ah.
2: Uh, what about his sons? Can we hang his sons?
9: Also all dead. Uh I can give you two son in laws and three grandsons. Do you wanna do you wanna hang them?
3: Yeah, yeah, we'll hang him. Yeah, deal, deal, deal.
9: And you can fuck Don Ford Voices of Fantasy and Adventure if you want to. Hey!
2: Eh, we're good.
3: Oh, oh, you too, Gibeons? I would totally fuck you, Don.
0: Thank, thank you. July 21st. Okay. So David returns to God to see if he's all good, uh, but God has even more demands.
9: Okay, uh, God? Are you there? Hey, guy? Yes. So I let the Gibeons hang Saul's sons-ish. Are, are we good now?
7: No. I want you to do... A census.
9: Sorry, you want me to do a census? Like, like where I count everyone? Yes. Okay, done. A census? I don't know what to tell you, Joab. That's just what God wants. He wants
12: a... Oh, that's going to take so long, I, I
9: know.
3: I know. It's a very weird request. Hi, King David.
12: Yeah,
9: that is me. First of all, are you one of my sons?
3: No, no. Uh, I'm the prophet Gab. God wants you to know he's still mad.
9: What? Why?
3: Because of the census.
9: How could he be mad because of the census? I'm doing it.
3: Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. God wants you to choose between three punishments. What? Uh, Either seven years of famine, or you'll be chased by your enemies for three months, or three days of plague, your choice.
12: Oh, well, that's pretty easy, right, King David? Uh, That's a tough one seriously your enemies won't even kill you they're just going to chase you
9: right but they're they're running though for three months
3: Uh, okay so the famine then no no i don't want there to be a famine okay so the plague (sighs) got it putting you down for plague great
1: seriously hey i didn't